Blog Josh Killian. Oh no, I didn't know that. Let me tell you how we do it. There ain't nothing to it. We're gonna get right to it. You ready? You ready? This is the ProMMAnow.com Radio Network. Tonight we are back with two big events in Kentucky and one on the horizon in Memphis, Tennessee, as we're going to talk Bluegrass Brawl number 12, Brawl for the Cure. Portland Pringle is going to be up here in just a second. Heavyweight Harry Hunsucker is going to join us as Juan and I break down the card in between those interviews. Top of the hour, Kira Christensen joins us to talk about her Kentucky debut. Now, she's new to Kentucky, but not new to promoting at all. Matter of fact, she just had an event last Saturday night. We're going to talk IFC. We're also going to talk big UFC fight night in Cincinnati. Before we welcome Adam Nash from V3 Fights, one of our bucket list promotions that we've got to get to, he will be taking on Jaleel Willis in June on the All-Pro card. Got like three hours tonight. If Juan doesn't stab me, he's being awful aggressive. But this is Bluegrass MMA Live. Now tuned into the motherfucking greatest. Fighters first, fans always. The Ohio Valley's number one source for MMA. Broadcasting on the ProMMANow.com radio network. Brought to you by Bangtown Fighters. This is Bluegrass MMA Live. And now, here are your hosts, Juan Valley and Gary Thomas. You could be anywhere in the world, but you're right here with us, and we love you for that. For this May 6, 2014, episode 172 of Bluegrass MMA Live, I'm Gary. You can hear Juan typing in the background. Tonight, as always, we're sponsored by Banktown Fightwear. Be sure you check them out at banktownfightwear.com. And off we go. Big weekend this weekend. Juan will be going to UFC in Cincinnati. I'll be at Bluegrass Brawl Friday night. Our friend Todd Neal and company will be at IFC in Owensboro. It's going to be a, a nice, nice, smooth weekend, hopefully, once again, for us and for you as well this uh, second weekend of May. Juan, did you did you bet on the Kentucky Derby? Hey, is this uh, – you might have already said it, but I wasn't paying attention. As you noted, I was typing – uh, is this episode 172? Yeah. Okay, cool. No, I did not bet on Kentucky Derby. I don't believe in horse racing. However, I did see Wells Welker won a crap ton of money, and he was handing out $100 bills on his way out. I did see that. Dang. Awesome. Well, Wally, I don't know how much you gather. I didn't really pay attention to it, but I'm sure it was good. Uh, did you bet on the horses, any of the horses? No, I did not. Why not? You're, you're the I'm, gambling type. Out of the two of us, you're the gambler. How come you didn't bet? I, because I have no control over horse racing. I have control when I'm rolling dice. I have control when I'm playing blackjack. Uh, Adam Nash, who's going to join us later on, professional poker player or semi-professional. He's won quite a bit of money playing poker. He was a poker dealer as well. I, I don't have a poker face. I give it up. <laughs> I have like a huge telltale sign. I'm bad at so, poker. So, Portland Pringle is going to join us here in just a second, but 
was aggravated at me when the show starts. Yet he get, gave no solid examples. But he breaks so easy, and for the most part, I do too. From our hard assness, uh, it's it's kind of cute, actually. Are you talking about me or Portland, Portland Pringle? You? No, I, I doubt Portland Pringle breaks quite as easily as we do, and is uh, as nice as I am. Anyways, when it, you just when it comes to his I'm, I'm gonna get Portland. I'm gonna We're get Portland on the phone here. Portland Pringle from Four Seasons. Remember this weekend. Follow along and be sure you're checking out the Mothership BluegrassMMA.com for all the cool stuff that we've got going on. If you're in the chat room, take a minute. Tell us who you are. We'll say what's up. You can call in to listen if you prefer, 347-884-9986. And tonight, you heard it. We tested it last week. It's it's real. Three hours tonight, if we can hold up that long. I feel like we can. Um, but I'm excited for what we've got coming. I'm excited for uh, some of the events. If you missed what happened last weekend, we've got the recap from Double Impact 3, the boxing and MMA event that took place in Ashland. We've got events from Ohio, from our man David McKinney, who I believe is out in the chat room. Uh, and you'll you'll see that this weekend as well, as I will be in Lexington at the beautiful Bluegrass Brawl number 12, Heritage Hall, in the main event. Our next guest, 4-1, outstanding as an amateur, uh, so impressive as a pro. He's with us right now, Mr. Portland Pringle. Portland, what's going on, my man? Hey, how's it going, man? Man, I appreciate you taking the time out to do this. It's fight week, and it's like a shortened fight week. Do you like Friday night fights? Because they always seem to throw my week off. I wake up on Saturday. I think it's Sunday. Does it matter to you? Yeah, this is only my, um, I think, my second time ever fighting on a Friday. It, it is It is a little weird. It is. I'm used to fighting on Saturdays. First of all, I've got to say, man, I've been following you for quite some time. So impressed with your career so far. Your last fight uh, went to a decision that didn't go your way, but it was your first loss as a pro. What was the biggest takeaway from that, man? When you when you walked out of that fight, what was the biggest thing that hit you? Uh, basically, man, um, you know, uh, I thought I had to finish there in the first round, so I really pushed it and, and pushed, and and he was a warrior, man. So basically I just learned from, you know, he, you're not going to take everybody out, man. Some guys you might want to, you know, step back for a minute and, you know, pace yourself. But, you know, I definitely uh, – didn't gas myself out, but it was more like, you know, I, I just did too much pushing too fast. I should have just stepped back and took a look at him for a while and went back in. So basically, I just learned to be a little more patient. Now, since I've been following your career, you've been a guy who can grind it out for three rounds. You're a guy who can, can finish it in a minute. If you were to describe yourself to our listeners, maybe somebody that's never seen you fight that's going to come uh, Friday night, how would you describe yourself as a fighter? Well, I definitely, um, I would like to become the complete fighter, you know, mix it up with ground, stand up. You know, it's, uh, it's kind of hard to, uh, you know, I just look at myself just as a, you know, a guy that's trying to learn it all, man, and, you know, I, I leave it up to you guys to tell me, man, if I if I got it all, man. I, me, I'm just humbled by the whole experience, man. Uh, but I, I definitely like to think of myself as a complete fighter. You know, hopefully I can prove that. 
Talk to me about, you're one of the most active, quietly, I will say it that, quietly one of the most active guys because if it's Kentucky, Tennessee, Ohio, Georgia, you, you find fights, you stay busy. Uh, this will be your, what, uh, fourth, or third fight of 2014. You took three pro yeah. fights and uh, four amateur fights in 2013. Do you enjoy that pace? Is that something that, you know, that you're comfortable with as far as getting in there and mixing it up and having enough time to go oh, back yeah. and train? Oh, yeah, for sure, man. You know, if I can, if I leave the fight, you know, healthy with no injuries, man, you know, I'm ready to fight again, you know, the next day and the next week. You know, it, it really doesn't matter, man, truthfully. Like I said, if I, as long as I'm healthy, I, I'll fight again, you know, whenever they want me. When you're out and about at work or maybe out shopping, do you think people think that you're a fighter? Because I met somebody who worked with you at Walmart and said they had no clue that you were a fighter, uh, that you're just a yeah. nice guy, soft-spoken. Are people surprised when you tell them that, that, you, uh, that you're an MMA athlete? Yeah, some people are uh, pretty shocked when I tell them that, you know, just because I guess I'm naturally a shy guy, you know, so, uh, you know, fighting in front of people, you know, is, is helping me with that, you know, I'm opening up more, and, and I think that's what's kind of been, you know, holding me back from really fighting the way I want to fight, you know, as far as, like, the style and the movements that I really want to run with, and this fight, you know, I'm, I'm really going to try some some stuff that I don't think people's ever saw me try before. So I'm, you know, I'm, I'm gonna try to get extra comfortable in there. And yeah, but yeah, I'm sure people are. Yeah, a lot of them are shocked that I fight, because I'm just too laid back, I guess. You know, you talk about being laid back and shot. What are, what are some of the things that have stopped you from from doing what you said there? From from going out there and you know maybe trying new things or uh, going at things a different way. I think it's like when you when you go into a fight and uh, I got a strategy in my mind and then I, I do it like, okay, my strategy is to just go in, take the guy down and beat him up. And, you know, it worked. And then it worked again. And then it worked again. So it kind of, you know what I mean, you don't want to leave it if it's not work if it's still working for you. So basically I think that's what happened. You know, it kept, it was working, it was working. So, and then when it didn't work again, you know, now you know, on my last loss, you know, that's like, okay, that didn't work the way I wanted to. Now it's time to flip the script again. You know, you, uh, for me at least, watching you fight, I've always felt like you're unpredictable. I can remember you were fighting, uh, I believe it was uh, Dave, uh, and I thought this will be a fight. Portland goes in, snatches him down, you know, holds him down. But you, uh, you smoked him in the striking game. Uh, you know, then with Nathan Pierce, you kind of did the same thing. And in other fights, like with Q Parks and Reggie Merriweather, muscle up, uh, take them down, and, and grind it out that way. Do you feel like mm -hmm. is that something that changes mid-fight, or do you go into a fight, say, with, like, Dave, thinking, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to test my stand-up, or, or even with Q or with Reggie, like, I, I'm going to take him down and see what, what he's got there. Talk to me about your game planning for fights, if there is any. Oh, uh, yeah, I definitely, um, I try to work, you know, against, you know, the people's strengths. Like with Q, you know, they kept telling me that he was, you know, real good on the ground. And, of course, you know, I, I saw his fights and, you know, I guess like all of his, like, title defenses were, you know, by triangle or some sort of a submission. So I kind of, you know, wanted to 
you know, I was like, I'm going to stand up with them, you know. But then, you know, while I'm in the fight, you know, I'm like, if you're going to learn, I might want to jump down there, you know, with them and see what happens. So I, I kind of like to test the guy's strength out to see, you know, how good they really are there. So, yeah, definitely uh, it changes, you know, while I'm in the fight. And with Reggie Mayweather, I think that was the only fight, you know, I was kind of going into, like, I just want to win this fight to get this shot at Q. You know, I was really like, I don't think he has, you know, that great of a ground game. So let me just wrestle this guy and not take no chances of getting hit with that big shot because he definitely can, you know, hit you with that big shot. So, like, you know, the amateur, that's kind of how I was looking at every fight, like, a, you know, just a, a learning tool, you know, just to see how things work out, you know, just to fill everybody out. You know, I originally just wanted to, you know, box everybody. And then when I lost to a wrestler, you know, I'm like, you know, I don't think, you know, going to every fight just trying to knock people out might not be the safest <laughs> route. I better really work on my wrestling more. So, yeah, man, it definitely changes, man. Like now, you know, I'm thinking more like, you know, brawl and sprawl, man. Like I don't – if it goes to the ground, and more than likely the fighter initiated it. But we'll see what happens. You know, like I said, it changes during the fight. You know, you you came on the scene. You took your first amateur fight about the time that Bluegrass MMA started. So I feel like your career, our website, we're we're about the same age. Uh, and okay. there are certain times, like when I fought, or or even people that are that do what I do, have thought about quitting. It wasn't worth it. At what point in your career? Did you realize that, hey, this is something I'm going to stick with, this is something that I'm good at, and maybe eventually I'll be making money from it? Uh, I, I would definitely uh, say when I got my first amateur title you know, at 185 against uh, Will Hendrickson, uh, I knew he was a good good fighter, and I knew he had better ground game than me, you know, so I wanted to keep it standing, and that was really the first fight where, you know, I kind of analyzed you know, his uh, fight videos on YouTube, and, and I saw that he got a little flat-footed in the third round. So, you know, our plan was to tire him out for two rounds and try to take him out in the third, and that's exactly what happened. So right there at that moment, I was like, this this is definitely for me right here. When you let that punch fly, did you know that it was over? Did you know you're knocking him out? I was trying to, if you look at the fight, I was trying to set him up for, you know, our, my uh, boxing coach, Jerry Reed, always tell me, you know, pepper him with the jab and then follow it up with the two. And I was trying to set him up, but, you know, while he's still, you know, in the first two rounds when he still had his energy going, you know, he uh, it seemed like he knew it was coming. But, yeah, once I caught him flat-footed, I, of course, I didn't know if it was going to knock him out or not. But, you know, I'm like, if it lands, I know he's at least going to be hurt. So, yeah, once I saw him go limp, man, I definitely knew the fight was over. So let's look at your uh, your last few fights. Uh, your fight against Rocky Edwards was in Ohio. Uh, your fight against Devin was in Tennessee. Uh, then you were in, on the other side of Tennessee when you fought Roy Sanders. Uh, this is really like your first time back in a while in Lexington, and I've seen you at Bluegrass Brawl shows before. What do you what do you expect out of this? Because you know you get to be right there at home. Uh, you've got an event that, that's trying to, to raise money for a good cause. Are you more comfortable at home, or are you more comfortable on the road? Uh, man, I'm I'm definitely uh, more comfortable at home. You know, it's a uh, it's a uh, how can I put this? It's 
it's it's good pressure. You know what I mean? It's like I, I know I got people out there like focusing in on me and you know really trying to watch and see what I'm gonna do. And um, at first I didn't know how I would handle that kind of pressure, but I actually handled it pretty well in my uh, my first and my third amateur fight here in Lexington. So yeah, I'm I'm just excited, man. And, you know, win or lose, I just want to put on a good show, man. I don't. You know, I, I'm not going to run from anything. You know, I'm, I plan on banging with this guy, man, and I plan on, you know, trying to take him out, man, but, you know, really take my time and make sure everything goes according to plan. So I got a question. more comfortable at home. I got a question from our chat room. They want to know who was the uh, most physically strong person that you've ever fought? Physically strong, oh man, that's uh, it's definitely between uh, Cody Bruce and Travis Davis, man. Both those, both of those guys were pretty strong, man. They were definitely pretty strong. Both of them are just you know much bigger than me, man, and you know to lock up with them and you know try to take them down, and it was just like no hope in it. Like, those guys are pretty strong. It's definitely between them two, Cody Bruce and Travis Davis. So you've you started 185. You fought 170. What what's your fight against uh, against Randy at? 170. What is 155 out of the question? Because you're you're pretty ripped, man. Like I and I still don't. I thought you were like perfect size for 185 because your muscle structure. You made it to 70. You look exactly the same. Is is 55 a possibility, or is it, or is 170 where you're going to stay at? Um, you know, for for me to you know put my body through <laughs> through that kind of diet, man, I don't know. The I think the money would have to be right just for me to you know <laughs> even you know what I mean like fifty five, sure. you know, because it's not that hard to make seventy. But you know, I think one day I'm a um I'm gonna just test it out. Even I'm not gonna have a fight schedule. Just see if I can you know what I have to put myself through to get to fifty five, and then then I'll see. I remember watching your teammate Eugene Perrin try to cut those last couple pounds on a couple different occasions, and I thought, man, <laughs> somebody please just give him a drink of water. He needs it. <laughs> you know, it's it's awful. Yeah, yeah, man, and he's a big 155 too, man. He's definitely a big guy. Let's talk about that. You know, it, and it seems like here of late, every week we've got somebody from Four Seasons. Uh, on the show, fighting at different events. You guys are, are everywhere. What's it like for you in the gym right now? Because I know uh, Seals was scheduled for a fight. Uh, I think he got hurt on Saturday. But, you know, it seems like everybody's in the mix somewhere, somehow, uh, ready to go. Yeah, man, it's uh, man, it's it's great, man. I mean, the, the four is just a, a great atmosphere. And, you know, you mentioned Seals, man. You know, he comes in early in the morning. And, you know, he gets it in, man. That's, you know, one of the perfect guys to train with. And I, I've seen him today. That is, was a pretty nasty cut above his eye. And, um, yeah, man, I, I think um, I think we have, you know, everything here, man, for me, man. We got good boxers. We got, you know, guys with, you know, excellent jiu-jitsu, man, you know, by far, you know, better than me when it comes to that, you know, I need to be able to punch you to help me out with my jiu-jitsu, you know. <laughs> I'm just rolling with these guys, man. It's just from guys the size of James Douglas, man, to guys the size, you know, John Marr, man. Like, 
you know, it, it's beautiful, man. I, I love this gym, man. I got everything here. There's a guy I want to ask you about who I saw fight a couple of weeks ago. Kind of, it was his first fight. Uh, Ryan Golden. This, where did this dude come from? It looks like he was edged out of stone. What? what, what was that kid yeah, what? man. Uh, we, you know, his nickname is Rhino, man, and it, it fits him, man. It, I mean, the guy's legs, man. I, you know, I told him, man. I said, man, if you even throw some leg kicks, you ain't even got to land it. You just throw some leg kicks. You know, that guy is probably going to be like, oh, oh, hold on now. <laughs> But yeah, man. Uh, I, I'm I'm with you, man. The guy just popped up out of nowhere, man. I actually haven't really gone to great detail with him as far as like you know where he's from and stuff. But yeah, man, you can just tell the guy's a muscle fitness guy, man. And he's but he's you know he's he's hungry, man. And he's willing to learn. You know he's in here, he's in the gym every day, man. Yeah, he's he's a, he's a pretty scary dude, man. Once he really has everything down packed, man, it's he's gonna give the 205 a good run, man. I didn't even see him smile after he won. I thought, now that is a serious <laughs> guy. That is a serious guy. Yeah, man. Yeah, it's it's a, it's a privilege to be able to lock up with that guy. Let's talk about your fight uh, Friday in the main event against Randy Jones. Randy's a guy I've seen a couple times. He fought Gino. Uh, comes from a very solid jiu-jitsu background. He's coming off a win over Matt Metz earlier this year. What do you know about... Uh, about Randy, man, um, I was actually there when he fought Gino. I, I, I fought that night, and um, I watched the fight with him in the uh, seals. And I mean, he's a he's a he's aggressive man. He likes to he likes to push the the pace. Um, he's a I, I want to say he's real unpredictable, but he is kind of you know I don't know if he's wants to throw or. You know, he might want to try to take me down. It seems like, you know, if he gets in a little trouble, he wants to start wrestling. So, I mean, but, yeah, he's, a, you know, somebody I'm not going to take lightly at all. You know, he had, like, what, four, maybe, like, four amateur fights. He's, you know, I've had more, almost more losses than he had fights, man. And it's like, oh, man, I don't I don't really want to, you know, lose to a guy who's less experienced than me. But, you know, he's a soldier, man. He, he seems like a... Like a you know a good guy man you know um you know it's an honor to lock up with him man he's he seems like a good fighter I, I have nothing but respect for. Him. We talked about how busy you've been and, and kind of the pace you've kept since you've come onto the scene. Not looking past Randy in any way this Friday night, but talk to me about your goals, man. What uh, where do you see yourself? You know, in the in the next year or so, where where will we see Portland Pringle wind up in this in this fight business? Man, you know, I'm a, I'm in this till, you know, my, my body just won't let me go anymore, man. And of course, the goal is the octagon, man. You know, that is the, the main goal is to to get in there, the UFC, and to stay. And, you know, I have no problems with Bellator either. You know, if I make it to Bellator, I'm, I'm happy with that too, man. Uh, yeah, man, I'm just, you know, I, I just want to be known. You know, as a as a great fighter, you know that's that's really my my main goal, man. And and if I know if I make it to the big stage, you know, I just I just want to prove that that's all that's all to it, man. So I've only seen you at events while you're fighting, or you know while you're there. Talk to me about Portland Pringle outside of MMA, man. What uh, what's your hobbies? What keeps you going? Man, I'm, I'm not gonna lie to you, man. I work, I work at Stanley Steamer now, man. I I work, go to the gym, 
I go home, kick back, you know, chill with my daughter and, you know, watch movies and stuff, man. And, you know, now that the weather's getting nice again, you know, I'm I'm always down for a good street ball game and some basketball. And that that's really it, man. I'm I'm a real simple guy, man. I don't go out, you know, I don't I don't drink, you know, I don't uh, I just I just chill, man, whenever I can, man. I just chill. Did you play basketball in high school or anything? No, no, I sure didn't, man. I I just always played for like summer leagues and church leagues and stuff like that, but I've I've never played for a school. So, you're 30 years old, and you look like you're 22, by the way. But what what got you into mixed martial arts? Because you know you came on a little bit later than most people do now. What what was that that got you into the sport? Oh man, I had a. Uh, of course, it, it was something that you know. Once I, and I think I was probably like 12 years old when I uh, rented a Rio de Janeiro Brazil UFC VHS, <laughs> and it was a uh, Vandalay. <laughs> it was Vandalay versus Vitor, you know. And, and after you know watching that man, you know, I was like, cause I always wanted to be a boxer and then a wrestler. And then when I saw that sport, man, I was like, man, that that that's for me. But, you know, when I moved to Kentucky, I, you know, I was just working, busy working. I always talked about it. I always talked about getting into it and boxing and stuff like that. And, you know, I just didn't have the money to, you know, really do anything. And I, I paid off my car, so I had some, you know, extra money. And I just so happened to see the Four Seasons commercial, and Junie was on there and RT, and and I recognized Junie from the show. And I'm like, wow, I didn't know that there was a gym here like that. And, I mean, the next week, man, I I walk into the gym, man, and I've been there ever since, man. I've, I've not left. That's crazy, man. Junie Browning got you into the gym. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. I got a chance to work with him too, man. He was, you know, my corner man for like three of my amateur fights. He's the one that got me to fight in Georgia. He was there for the Reggie Merriweather fight and the Michael uh, Scott Dave fight, and uh. Yeah, yeah, he would. I got some good pointer from him, you know, stuff that I still take into fights now that he's taught me for sure. As a corner man, he was exactly opposite of what people's idea of Junie Browning is. He's very calm. Oh, yeah. He was very intelligent. He relayed information well. He didn't get overly excited. And I was like, wow, maybe this is Junie Browning's yeah. future. He was an awesome corner man. Yeah, I mean, from. From my experience with Junie, he was the complete opposite that he, you know, was on the show. He that that just wasn't the Junie that I that I chilled with and, and you know stayed with. And yeah, man, he was a totally different guy. Well, man, I cool appreciate I appreciate you so much taking the time out during fight week to join us on the show uh, this Friday night main event: Portland Pringle versus Randy Jones. Before I let you go, though, I want to give you a chance to throw any shout outs to. Anybody that's helped you get to this point, helping you train for the fight, uh, or just anything you want to say to our listeners? Man, you know, I just definitely want to get a shout-out to Michael O'Donnell, Daryl Reed, you know, the, the whole four seasons, man. Every guy in here has helped me in their own way. And, um, yeah, man, I just, you know, wish the best of luck to Josh Clark, man. It was, it was an honor to train with him, too, man, and, yeah, man, I just I just hope he uh, wins the show, man, or, you know, if not even, you know, stays in the UFC, you know, regardless. But, yeah, man, that's, that's better, and I appreciate you guys, man, for giving me an interview, man. This is a humbling experience for me, man, so uh, I, I really appreciate it.
We will be there Friday night, Portland. I hope the weight cut goes well. Nothing but success to you, and uh, we'll see you in Lexington on Friday. Yes, sir. There you guys have it. Mr. Portland Pringle, he fights this Friday night. Bluegrass Brawl number 12, Brawl for the Cure. And just as I expected, like this, I don't think I've ever really heard him talk at MMA fights. Very humble, very shy type, but... Believe me, if you've seen him fight, you know what he's capable of. It's going to be a great uh, great main event there at Heritage Hall. And Juan's going to join me now as we talk about some of these fights uh, before our next guest joins us. Harry Hunsucker will be up in about 15 minutes to talk about his heavyweight fight. Uh, but Juan, you're going, to mi- this is a- you're going to miss this show. Says who? I, well, because I asked you today what you're doing. You're going to go to UFC weigh-ins. Right, and I'm going to fly down in my uh, jet. <laughs> in the Bluegrass MMA down. helicopter. Yep. Got it. uh, make sure when McKinney it, returns that, he's washed it and buffed it out. Yeah, I do got to make sure he did, did, did that. He borrowed it over and, 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 and puts gas in it. Yeah, man, gas isn't cheap for a helicopter. It's expensive. <laughs> but no, this is a, this is a different twist. We've seen charity events and such, but Bluegrass Brawl originally was going to be all female or mostly female. I think we're down to one female fight on the card. But new matchmaker in place for Tommy Ray Cornette. On the onset, we saw like 20 fights. Uh, They're scheduled for 16 right now. And there's some good ones. You know, we've got uh, obviously Portland Pringle versus Randy Jones. Uh, Speaking of Junie Browning, his brother is going to fight Jordan Espinoza. And then on the amateur side, uh, we're going to talk with Harry Hunsucker in just a minute, but that fight with Bobby Stacker, and I wrote about it today, I really feel like that could be fight of the night because both these guys are very aggressive, heavy hitters. They can go the distance. Uh, you've seen Bobby. You've seen Harry. Uh, you know, this is this is a fight that's going to be – now that Jesse Ray Childers pro, there's a handful, Matt Green, uh, you know, Pinkston, your boy Stuff up there in Ohio, some established heavyweights, but not that many. The winner of this could could put themselves right up there in the mix for uh, for best heavyweight in the region. That is that, is, that could be a very true statement. Uh, one thing I was concerned, or that uh, you know, kind of shocked me. The last time I talked to Bobby Stacker, I had his last fight down at Hard Rock. Uh, he fought at light heavyweight, and I asked him, you know, because he he keeps, he, he talked to me previously to that, and was like, yeah. I want to fight Jesse Ray, you know. I want to rematch against him. I think I'm the best in the area at the heavyweight division. Then he fights this light heavyweight fight, and I talked to him like, "So, dude, what's, what's your deal? You stay in heavyweight, going light heavyweight?" He told me at the time he's going to stick in the light heavyweight division. But here we are, fast forward a, a few months, and we're back in the heavyweight division. So I don't know what to, to think of this guy. You know, he says one thing and then does another. Either way, it's going to be a great fight. Like you said, it's definitely going to be a fight of the night. Um, Hopefully he does stick in the heavyweight division. Although he, I think he'd be better off in the light heavyweight, given his his size. Uh, He's a little shorter. Bigger, yeah, a little shorter. Um, and he went up against the guys like, you know, Jim Davis, who's well over six foot five, I think, or right around that area. I mean, so he's given up a huge height advantage. So it's, it, it, uh, it's going to be interesting uh, to say the least. If if done right, I feel like the the heavyweight division, you're successful, guys. We talked about last week with with Brendan Barrett. That two forty two fifty five mark, you know, not at 
not at the 215 mark and not at the 265 mark, but that good middle ground where they've got that explosive movement. They're not, uh, you know, overly massed with muscle or in some cases just extra body fat, like your your Steve Miocic, your uh, Junior Dos Santos, those type of guys are most successful, and I think that's going to be the heavy. That's going to be what we think of heavyweights moving forward. We're not going to think of just a super big Bob Sapp or uh, you know even you know, like Brock Lesnar types. You're going to think of somebody that's tall, you know, full cut, but not not two sixty five, two forty five maybe. Like a camp. Yeah, you're you're absolutely right. Uh, one of the things I do like about Harry is, you know, I've talked to him a, a couple times over the past few months, and uh, he wants to prove that he, he he's the best and he's fighting the best guys. One of them in his last outing was Justin Ray, which, I mean, he took it to him. He was dominating. Let's be honest. Yeah. He was dominating that fight. He was busting him up, busting him open. Granted, like, like you always say, you know, a tap the on the nose. The wind busts Justin Ray But... And that's no, uh, that's not to discredit Harry. He was putting it to him, much like Maurice Henry was putting it to him. And that's the that's the scary part about Jesse Ray going pro is, what if he can't withstand that? What what if that finishes him off? It hasn't so far. But we're talking about a whole different level. Now, we know Harry can do that. We've seen Bobby. I've seen Bobby Stacker finish guys. He's got a wicked single leg, man. You know, he can get you down and, and work that ground and pound. Uh, when he got against Matt Green, who was good with jiu-jitsu uh, and had a pretty solid wrestling base, it didn't quite work. So it was a, a three-round chess match on the ground. Right. You're absolutely right. Uh, uh, moving on to some of the other fights, what are the fights you're looking forward to? What about uh, Ben Sargent, Michael Cockerham? Because Ben's super impressive uh, in his professional debut, taking on Michael Cockerham, who's won quietly three fights in a row. He's inching closer to that 500 mark on his record. Cockerham's improved. You know, I, I saw him go the distance against Jerry Burns. Uh, you know, in his last fight, he was able to withstand a pretty tough first round and, and get the second round win. He he's he's improving, you know. He uh, of course he'll take a fight on 19 seconds notice, but I feel like you know this would be a good test for Ben because this isn't a guy that's just going to lay down. It's also going to be a good test for Cockram because Ben Sargent isn't going to you know back up off of Cockram. He's going to put it to him. So we'll see how that plays out. You're absolutely right. Uh, Cockram has secretly won three fights in a row. Uh, he has taken. There's several fights he's taken. He shouldn't have, but he's one of those guys who doesn't necessarily care about his record. He does this for fun, and he'll get in there. You know, he, he loves fighting. So, I mean, that, that's Cockerham for you. And I think it's a great fight for Sargent going up against somebody with uh, – this will be fifth, his uh, Cockerham's 15th professional fight. So going up against somebody with that much experience as a professional inside the cage uh, does bode well for Sargent. You know, going up there, this will be his second fight. Uh, but, you know, like you said, Sargent's going to bring the pressure you know, straight, straight off the gun. Cockerham does have an issue dealing with the, the quickness of, of fighters, uh, but if he can weather the storm of the initial round, Sargent will be in a little trouble because Cockerham, he's sneaky. He, he's a sneaky little bastard. Uh, <laughs> you never know where he's going to come from. 
he, he can land some uh, some good stuff in his last fight. He got a rear naked choke out of nowhere uh, on uh, on Jeremy. You know, something you don't necessarily see out of, of Cockerham, but you know, he's able to pull it off. So it's going to be a great fight between those two. Yeah, and I, you know, I love Bluegrass Brawl. You've talked about the aspect of how they go above and beyond with their marketing, with their their production once you're there. And I feel like now, and it's gotten better each show. The last show, uh, several fights, you know, didn't come to fruition. They had trouble getting them to stick. But it still turned out to be a great event, you know. And I feel like that, I, and I, I'll be honest, I, I'm, I'm judgmental when it comes to that. You know, you get to an event, oh, well, we had four fights back out. Somebody didn't show. Somebody didn't make weight. We've got nine fights. Well, the spoiled MMA fan is like, nine fights? What? And then, they, you know, six fights turn out to be just completely awesome. And that's what happened at the last event. And I think, you know, they, they switched things up. They got a new matchmaker. Got some familiar names coming back. Got some new people coming in, you know, from uh, from out of state. Uh, on the big stage at Heritage Hall, this is funny. I'm watching, uh, today's my daughter's birthday, but last night she was telling me that it was her birthday too, and she was wanting to watch, we were watching uh, UFC Unleashed on uh, Fox, Fox Sports Cincinnati. And in between the commercial, you know, during the commercial break, I saw the commercial for Bluegrass Brawl. And I was like, wow, you know, that little stuff like that to me kind of i get excited because hey i'm going to be there i know these people if i'm watching this who else is watching this you know plus it's for a great cause the susan g coleman uh cancer foundation brawl for the cure it's good i'm pumped are you are you pumped no i'm just kidding uh Uh, I don't know, but that, those are the things that, that you look at, you know, that I look at, that I I can appreciate. And I think the fans appreciate that stuff too. The lights, the production value, just the the little things that don't really take away from the fights, but just add to the experience. Definitely, definitely. Another fight I'm looking forward to is uh, John Marr getting back in there. That's we the saw case. Marr in his last fight. He, he came up short. I think he came up short. Or did he went quick. Him and his teammate. No, he, uh, he actually got KO'd by Bobby Stacker. That's right. Uh, taking on Jeremiah Harper, who I don't know if you've seen the drama uh, with Jeremiah Harper and uh, and Dustin Long down in Tennessee. No, I did not. Elaborate. It's, it's amazing. So Harper has lost an extreme amount of weight. Uh, you know, he's, he's got in shape, found MMA. Uh, he's won some fights. He's lost some fights. Dustin Long took his first professional loss at Warrior FC, uh, and <laughs> Harry Hunsucker says, "Call me in about ten minutes. I gotta stop sweating." <laughs> so, uh, so in ten minutes, we'll have Harry Hunsucker on the phone. But him and Dustin Long go back, and if you get in that Dustin Long Adam Townsend hype talk. They they are cutthroat, relentless. Some of the stuff said just had me cracking up, and I don't. Allegedly, that fight's supposed to happen between Dustin Long and Jeremiah Harper as a pro. Uh, 
uh, at the October Warrior card, winner take all, some some crazy like that. So I'm interested to see how how Jeremiah Harper does when he comes up to Kentucky. Who's he's lost two fights in a row. So John Mar is not the not like the rebound fight that you want. No, it's definitely not. It'll be uh, kind of interesting to see how that pans out. Uh, granted, I will say John Mar, when he did return uh, against Bobby Stacker, it was at Bluegrass Brawl 10, so two events ago. Uh, it was back in November. It was exactly two years after his last fight. So if you want to take in Cage Rust as an excuse, you know, whether you believe in that or not, he was coming off a two-year lapse. So now that he's had at least a fight back November, you know, six months later he's stepping back in the cage. So we'll see if uh, – that plays anything. It plays a part into this this fight. Breaking news: It Fight Series has now a Facebook fan page. Yes, it does. Aaron Garrett, Scott Sheely, welcome to 2014. Yeah, I, I talked to Aaron and don't. <laughs> uh, he's too busy doing. Uh, doing other stuff. But yeah, so not only do we have this event, we've got uh, the debut of IFC. We're going to talk with Kira here in just a little bit. I, think, I want to say Kyra, but it's Kira. Kira? Kyra. Kira. I think I'm going to stick with Kyra. I'm going to change it. When you call her and say, it's Kyra. I don't know how she does it. She's, she's always so chipper and so talkative. Uh, if you remember the first time she was on the program, it, it, was, it was really... It's a, a different perspective, not so much because she's a female promoter, but just to hear like those the motherly stuff. She said she cries at all the events. I'm asking if she cries, and she just promoted an event Saturday. She's gonna do it back to back weeks. I mean, she's she's on that hard rock flow. Oh, did she do that kid, uh, the kickboxing? Mm-hmm. That would, you know, I've never been to a local kickboxing show. I wonder what that's like. I've only seen kickboxing at three FC. How'd you like it? Uh, it, it, the crowd loved it because it was just kicking, uh, kicking and punching. But like headgear, shin guards, it doesn't do anything for me. What about you? Uh, do you like like? Did you watch Gore? Did you see Pat Barry get KO'd? No, I was watching the boxing event instead. I was not did watching Glory, but I did, I did see the replay of of Pat Perry getting knocked out. That's sad, man. I really, really like Pat Perry. He was, he's got that outgoing personality that you know, and he's just he, he's fun. Not that I've ever talked to him personally, but just following him on social media. I mean, it's a cool dude. And so, I mean, you, you have to root him on, you have to cheer for him. And then he says on occasion, he's scared, man. It's like ah. So I don't know what what's next for him. Hasn't yeah. hasn't fared too well in the MMA scene. You know, he goes back to his kickboxing roots and just I don't know. Maybe he can do stand up comedy or have his own TV show. I don't know. Something. So yeah, it. Uh, I don't know. Like, when do you tell a guy to walk away? Uh, well, according to Josh Barnett, uh, you know, he said he'll know when he's ready to step away. I don't know. Maybe you'd know. 
Like, when will we what? know that this this podcast has jumped the shark and we're done? Will we? Oh, I've done that. I've done that about Francesco. I thought, you know, I feel with the competition with Gina Begley, and now you've got uh, you've got Kyle. If you missed Kyle and Mr. Cook last week, dogging David McKinney. Like, I feel like we could be brothers. We are on that same level as far as making fun of people. And McKinney got it. He was he was gone celebrating his girlfriend, who they don't believe is real. He was celebrating <laughs> hey, her graduation. I didn't meet her. I, I didn't meet her. It was at a uh, NWFS show. Rumble on the Rocks, I believe, last June. <sighs> It was uh, it was funny, and I enjoyed I enjoyed even though I called Jessica I nineteen times. <laughs> I was determined she was going to answer, but she didn't. Hey, I hope he's not listening to this. Oh, crap, he's still in the chat room. It was five nine to flash. Yeah. Yes, he is. He's listening. Uh, it was June second. Yeah, McKinney. You have no uh, you have no memory, buddy. Uh, and I love you to death. But I wouldn't, if I ever say, hey, remember this, you'll never hear me say, hey, don't forget this. It's not going to happen with you. Well, if you tell me don't forget it, I'm for sure going to forget it. <laughs> oh, that's That's wild. like saying don't look down when you're on something. <laughs> like on the 19th up. floor. Yes, I look. Oh, speaking of which, so we have the crew tower here in Cincinnati. I don't, it, it was the tallest building for a while uh, until two years ago, three years. I don't know. It was, it was the tallest building. 47, 48 floors. So I go up there to the top, the observation deck. I'm scared. I'm, I'm almost shaking. I'm so scared. I, I hate heights. So this was a few weeks ago, about a month ago. So Saturday night into Sunday morning, Sunday morning I wake up. I start dreaming that I'm I'm up there and I'm getting ready to fall. And I freak the F out. I was so scared. In your dreams? In my dreams, yeah, dude. There are I thought I was dreams that are so real that you wake up. Like, I've had dreams before where I've wanted to wake up and just slap the piss out of Abby. Like, for something that obviously didn't happen, but was in my dream. Wake up angry because of, of something. And then you have those dreams, like, early in the morning that you're putting your clothes on and getting ready to walk out the door. And then you hit snooze and it comes back on. You're like, oh, wait, I never did get ready. Is that just me? Uh, yes, it's just you. Anyways, so back back to what I was saying. What uh, were you saying? McKinney. <laughs> what? McKinney. M- McKinney. He is, he, McKinney. He is listening. So he's listening right now. So McKinney, turn your volume down, step away, go to the bathroom. Okay, now that he's gone. <laughs> I've never listened to one of their shows before. You're such a bastard. I know. I'm, I'm horrible. I'm a horrible person, and I hate to say that, and I hate to admit that on air, but I've never listened to any of the shows. Not because I don't want to. It's just because I forget, and I'm busy doing something else. Mm. And also, to be honest with you, I hate blog talk radio. So when I you got me hooked on Stitcher. I'm hooked on Stitcher, by the way. Have you listened to these shows on Stitcher? It sounds so much better, at least to me. I don't know. I just feel like it's clearer. It's just better on on Stitcher. Uh, I honestly I don't like listening to my voice, so I will never listen to one of our shows. Never. Well, so it's just something I won't do. Um, on Thursday morning, wake up, download the Coyote Ugly Show, 
and listen to that. Uh, if you love if you love podcasts and you love listening to like us, right after us on Blog Talk Radio, um, Full Guard Fight Radio with my man Carl Mortensen, Jason London, getting it done. I got to be on the show a couple weeks ago. That was fun. And they called you. I think Jose. What did what did uh, Jason London call you on? Was it Jose? I yeah, it was Jose. Jose. <laughs> I mean, Jose Juan, both four letters, both Hispanic. Uh, it's, it's close enough. Uh, Paco, I think you will now be Paco. Paco. <laughs> but no, listen, uh, uh, they've started, we've just, we have a new YouTube channel. And if you've not, go check it out. If you want to, an easy way to get there, go to bluegrassmma.com. Click on the Dom Steele article that I scooped from Juan. Didn't know he's working on it. My apologies, Juan. Uh, but if you see the YouTube video in there, click it. That's our YouTube channel. One of the things Carl's doing is the Madhouse Minute, where a, a, a lot of people from MMA Madhouse get on their phone or their camera, whatever. You get a minute to, to rant, to promote, whatever. Makes a compilation, putting it out every day. Awesome. And Carl... Uh, Walking, him and his daughter have a, like an exploration channel as well, which it's Carl, his older daughter, and then his his youngest kid, and who he had when he was forty one years old. So Carl pimping it in in his later years, you know, in in that midlife area with a baby in a stroller. It's hilarious. So wait, elaborate on this one minute rant thing here. Yeah, so it would be like if I did a minute, you did a minute, McKinney did a minute, Garrett did a minute, Gina did a minute. We put it together for a YouTube video every day. So, you know, you'd be responsible for one minute, we'd edit it all together, and there you go. And actually, I'm going to post the link in the chat room for you guys to go watch Carl's. But what if, you know, I'm a very positive person, Gary. Just, I, I don't think I can rant every day. Well, then you say much that's too much I negativity. You could say something positive. I just I don't even want to say rant. I didn't mean it like that. Like something bad. Just you could do it every day. But we digress. Get get our next guest on the phone. We've 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 got so far away from local MMA right now. It's not even funny. <laughs> we did. We did. <laughs> but people said third hour. People, yeah, people say they like hearing us do this. Your family doesn't count, okay? You're my family, Juan. <laughs> All right. If you're in the chat room, I'm going to post. Well, I'm actually just going to play now. I'm going to post the uh, Madhouse Minute, episode number three. There you go. Make sure you check that out. Where has this first hour went? I don't know. Uh-oh. I don't know if you can hear that, but that was the MMA Madhouse playing. In... That is so weird. I kept hearing that in my headphones. We digress so much. If you're still listening... God, we love you. I, I really do mean that. We love you. Like, if we could just have a big family dinner for all of our supporters, that'd be awesome. 
and I go to the show. <laughs> what's racist? Why? What's racist, David McKinney? I don't know what racist is. Uh, remember to go back and listen to last night's episode of Pro WMMA Now. And tomorrow night is the Coyote Ugly Show. On Thursday, it's Pro MMA Now Radio. Friday's Bluegrass Brawl. Saturday's IFC Fight Night 1. Sunday is the Day of Rest. Or, if since we're talking about MMA Madhouse, hit up my man Skippy. I'm sure he can find some stream of crocodile kickboxing in the Ukraine. Because he's really good at that stuff. And Juan's chatting it up with Harry. Must have been... Oh, now they're done. Our next guest. Honestly, one of the, with a win right up there in the top of the heap in the heavyweight division. Such a good guy. Hard worker, in and out of the cage. Uh, and he's looking to get back on track, Mr. Harry Hunsucker. Harry, what's up, my man? Uh, not too much, man. How you doing? Are you done sweating? Are you? Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm, uh, a little bit, man. I just um, I found a parking lot. The parking that had a loose service on you, but uh, yeah, I just left the gym, man. We're you know, I guess put, I guess you could say putting the finishing touches on everything, and um, you know, getting ready for Friday night. As a heavyweight, do you looking at you? You probably don't have to cut any weight, do you? I mean, it's not like you're no. I walk. Or, I mean, I. I don't do anything, man. I eat, you know, I eat, I eat a lot better now. Over the past six months, I've really cleaned up my diet, and I lost about ten pounds in just doing that. So, I mean, I walk around at about two forty-five. I mean, I I probably weigh about two forty, two forty-five right now. I'm not real sure. I haven't even weighed myself. I don't really. I, it doesn't matter. I mean, I know I'm not two sixty-five. That's the only thing I've got to worry about. We were just talking about this, you know. Now. Uh, in the heavyweight division, you see people that are so successful, Cain Velasquez, Junior Dos Santos, T.P. Miocic. They're in that 240, 255 range. Like, I know you're an instructor. You work out every day. I assume keeping the weight down is, is easy for you. And at that weight, you're pretty mobile and, and can, you know, have that explosiveness that maybe you couldn't have if you added 20 pounds to you. Is that, does that sound uh, about right? Yeah, yeah, I mean, you know, changing my diet was the biggest thing for, like, my explosiveness. And, man, honestly, before this fight, um, I had never lifted weights before. And over the last year, I've I've got on, like, a very strict weight routine. Um, my, Master Schneider, my boss, actually uh, now pays for my, pays for my gym membership uh, weightlifting, too, because he was adamant about me getting in the gym because he knew what it could do for me. Um, so he he got me he bought me a gym membership and I've got a guy that goes and trains with me and um, he you know he's really helped me man it's really developed my explosiveness and you know it's helped on my size a lot and um, I, I lost I was down to about 235 man and you know from the lifting weights and stuff I guess I've bulked up a little bit more but I've kept the the trim size you know I've I've stayed trim but now I've built bulked up a little bit shoulders wise and. And I mean, I've still kept my my uh, my speed, but now I've got a little bit more explosive power, and I think that may be why I've never knocked anybody out before. Because I've won by TKO a couple of times, but I've never actually knocked anybody out before. And I'm hoping that this will do it. And that, and I, I've never wrapped my hands before in a fight either. You know, I've I've just never done that. I wait, just wait. throw the gloves on and go out there and do it. Wow! So you've never like you're. 
if you to look, I, I would assume that you've been lifting weights your whole life, and you've never wrapped your hands. The first time I saw that was two weeks ago. A guy fought and didn't wrap his hands, and I was like, "This dude is crazy." Turns out he didn't need it. Choked the guy out in like two minutes. Yeah, well, I mean, I've talked to a lot of people about it, and they say if you train like that all the time, then you don't really need to because you're so used to training like that and your body's used to it. I mean, because we're throwing, you know, pretty, I mean, close to full contact in the gym all the time, and, I'm, you know, I never hurt my hands or anything. So, I mean, uh, we've tried wrapping my hands a few times, and I just, I don't, I'm, I don't know, man, I don't like it. So, I mean, I just, I don't do it, you know what I mean? Does, and, you know, some people say that that hurts your knockout power a little bit. Wow, that's just, that's amazing. How did you, how did you skate by through life without lifting weights? Because you, um, you hear, well, you're, you're that cornbread, corn-fed husky guy, you know, just naturally strong. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I lifted weights in high school whenever I played football for a little bit, but, I mean, other than that, man, it was just, you know, kind of push-ups and pull-ups. I never, and and I had weight sets growing up, but I'm talking like a, a strict weight routine. You know what I mean? I've, ne- I've never been on a weight routine. Like, I've done bench press and stuff like that, you know, like anybody does, but I didn't know what I was doing before. You know what I mean? If I went to a gym, I just kind of went around and played with weights and did did whatever. But what I did was I found a couple of people that really knew what they were doing and knew how to how to target train different muscle groups. And and that's what I've been doing now, you know, making sure that I'm really developing, like, you know, on my bridge and I've got my chest involved in that. Um, just, the, you know, different things like that. You know, I'm, um, I'm still getting the hang of it, but I know all the exercise. I mean, you know, I've been in the weight room for eight to ten months now. So, I mean, I'm, I've definitely put on a lot of size, and I've got a lot more definition now. And, you know, I'm, I'm, prob- I'm in the best shape I've ever been in in my life, man. You know, I'm, I'm in fantastic shape right now. I've weigh- I'm weighing probably the least that I've ever weighed. Um, you know, my body feels I, – I, I just feel fantastic, man. Which, you know, you never feel ready for a fight, man. I, you know, I never feel ready. <laughs> Talk to me about, you know, your last fight – was uh, in February of last year. You've had, you know, pretty much over a year now uh, yeah. to change, adjust, whatever. What's the biggest difference in Harry Hunsucker February 23rd, 2013, and the Harry Hunsucker we're going to see on May 9th? Um. I you know last year, man, I, I was really I was really nervous, and I guess that's the biggest thing that we're trying to. We're trying to combat now. I'm trying to zone in and uh, let Will worry about everything except for what's going on between me and me and uh, me and Bobby. You know, because I I don't want to. You know, my my biggest problem the last fight, man, was during the rest break during during between rounds. I was fighting with the judge trying to get him to stop the fight because you know Jesse was bleeding <laughs> and I liked Jesse and me and him were friends. I was like, man, please stop the fight, please, and. And, you know, I should have never worried about that. I should have sat my butt down and, and, you know, let Will worry about that. And I should have got my breath back. And I was just, I was nervous as could be, man. You know, I hadn't fought in a while. And now, you know, we've, we've, I've, I've just been put through the ringer getting ready for this fight, man. And, um, you know, I've, I've grown up a lot, you know, changing my diet helped me a lot. I've been in the weight room. I'm, I'm a lot more dedicated now. I've been training five and six days a week. Um, and I, I'm just, I just, I feel better, man. I don't know. Everything's better. I feel like, you know, you started fighting five years ago and 
you uh, I, I, saw, I started fighting in 2007. Oh, back before there were even records. Yeah, yeah, I've back, I've got a, quite a few fights that are non-sanctioned. I feel like you're such an old soul, though. You carry yourself so mature, so professional, and I keep reminding myself, you're only, what, like 25 years old? It's crazy. Yeah, I'm 25, yes, sir. Okay. How do you, well, like, how I mean, do you that, maintain I that youth versus, like, you know, you, you come across in person, uh, you know, in private chats, uh, on this show, very mature. What What's your secret to that and kind of staying staying grounded but yet still having fun? Honestly, man, um, dedicating myself more to being a martial artist because whenever I was, you know, whenever I was just like an MMA fighter, man, I was a punk, you know what I mean? And a lot of guys that aren't martial artists before they become MMA fighters, they, they kind of get that way and they get that cockiness about them. And, like, I mean, you know, I just got my first degree black belt in Taekwondo, you know, in December. And, you know, I've had my blue belt in Jiu-Jitsu for, God, five years now. Um, and I'm a, le- I'm a level four I'm a level four student in Krav Maga. I'm a level three instructor. I just came back from the U.S. KMA affiliate weekend. And, I mean, I'm you know, I've got my bachelor's degree from Eastern Kentucky University. I mean, I've just been, I've done a lot of things, you know what I mean? And, and I guess I've been more, I've been more professional, and I run I I manage two karate you know two martial arts schools, so um, I had you know I I've learned to be professional, you know what I mean? That's that's my job to to be a professional. I'm not I, I can't be a punk and sign somebody up for a, <laughs> sign somebody up for a class, you know what I mean? And and I don't want to be that either, you know. As as I've grown, man, I, I've grown to care about my students, and I want good for people. I don't I don't I don't I just have no interest in and not, you know, not growing and not helping my students grow. So, I mean, I don't, I don't really know, man. I'm, that's 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 just me. I don't know. I've grown to be what I've been. I like I like listening to, like, a lot of motivational speakers. My uh, Will's got me into that, too. Master Snyder has. I like I like Eric Thomas. I don't know if y'all know who he is, but y'all need to check oh, him out. Oh, he yeah. Him. He's got... Uh, I listen uh, to him every day, man. Every single day I listen to Eric Thomas. The uh, yeah. How the, bad um, do you want it? Yeah, he's uh, the, the the motivation. Like some people can draw from that. And some people have their own drive and determination. Do you find it a mix of both? Like it's your 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 personal goals mixed with that added nudge from from hearing other people kind of present it to you. Well, I mean, I just like. I mean, one thing that I like, man, is if you don't have the courage, you can borrow somebody else's. I take that from a lot of situations. If you don't know what to say, borrow it from somebody else, and you can say that. Like everybody uses other people's quotes on Facebook all the time, and I do it too. You know what I mean? Um, so I mean, what my, you know, that's why he's one of my favorite people, man, because I can relate to him so much. I came from, you know, I came from a, a you know humble beginnings, I guess we could say. You know, I didn't have a lot growing up, and now I'm getting to where. Um, you know, I've got my college degree now. I'm accomplished, and you know, a lot of people look up to me. And, and a lot of people growing up told me I would never, I'd never be that. And I never thought I would be either, because you know, so many people were feeding that into me and telling me that I would never be. So, I mean, now I, I mean, I feel like, you know, I just, I don't know. I feel so inspired by, it. and this, that's why I fight, man. Because of, I don't know. I just feel like I have to, man. Uh, it's just something that I have to do. That's why I don't fight all the time. Like, you see guys that, I mean, they fight month to month to month to month. I just fight whenever I get it inside of me. You know what I mean? 
what what's your outlet outside of this because you still are only 25 years old what what do you yeah. do what's like your decompression uh away from you know running the schools training what 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 takes your mind away from everything i don't spending time with my family man that's the biggest one because uh like i spend uh, so much time at the gym like my girlfriend gets so mad because i spend so much time at the gym um so I mean, whenever I get to spend time with her and my and my son and my daughter, man, that's I guess that's the biggest thing, you know, because that you know that's what really matters when we get to do stuff together, and I really don't have to worry about things and you know bills and and you know worrying about you know keeping the school open and all that stuff, which that's not a problem, but you know that's you know as a as a manager, you know that's what that's what we we have to do. Um, so, I mean, you know, just being with my family and not having to worry about anything and then going on trips too, man. Like, Will takes me on some awesome trips. He just took me to uh, Clearwater Beach, Florida, and in July we get to go to we get to go to go Las Vegas. Last year he took me to Las Vegas, and I got to train with uh, Master Toddy's son and, at the House of Rue in Las Vegas. And then I got to train with Greg Jackson um, from Jackson's MMA, and I got to train with Ricardo Laborio from the American Top Team, and I got to train with John Hackleman, too. So um, what was really cool, man, is Will actually told me this. I was in the hotel room asleep, and he went to watch John Jones and Glover Tijera fight. I've actually trained with um, all of the coaches that were in the corners that night. That was uh, of the title fight. I got to train with all the coaches that were in the corner that night, and I've got pictures with them on my Facebook, so that was really cool. <laughs> Tell me what what's your thoughts on Bobby Stacker? He's a guy much like you. He's aggressive. Uh, he's methodical. Hits hard. And like I really feel this fight puts you puts the winner right atop the heavyweight division. You know, especially in this area. Yeah, I I don't know, man. I mean, he's tough. I don't I don't really know a lot about him. I've watched a couple of his fights, and he's he's pretty good. His striking's kind of awkward. Um, so I mean, mine. I mean, my my striking. I feel like I guess is going to be better, but I don't. I don't know, man. You know what I mean? You never know. Um, guys think they're going to do stuff in fights, but it, it all goes out the window whenever the you know whenever the fight starts, man. But I don't know. He's tough. You know, tough as can be, man. So I mean, I'm def. I definitely respect him for that. And everybody's like, you know, telling me, you know, this is going to happen and this is going to happen. I'm like, guys, you don't know. I mean, I've been doing this for a long time. I know what can happen and. I'm just going to bring my A game, and he's going to bring his, hopefully, and we're going to see what happens because I, I, I don't, you know, I try never to disrespect anybody. So, not looking past Bobby, but tell me what's what's in the plans, man. You, you know, you're very, like I said, methodical about your fighting. You know, you've got your martial arts uh, schools to run. You know, you, you've got a lot going on. Not looking past Bobby, but in the MMA game, where do you see 2014 taking you? Um, you know, I, I don't know, man. Um, I know that Hard Rock's offered us a fight, but I, you know, I, I don't know if we're going to take it or not. I, I just, I don't know, man. I got to see how Friday night goes. And if it goes, you know, if it goes well and I feel good, then I may fight again. Or, you know, I, don't, I just don't know, man. Just right now I need to fight. You know what I mean? That's all I know. And again, I'm not like I'm not like some of these other guys, man, where like, I just want to do this and I want to, I'm planning my next fight, my next fight. I just need one fight, you know what I mean? Gotcha. That, that's no, I, all it takes for me, man. I just need one fight. And, and then you get then the uh, the urge goes down until the next time you get to do it again. 
Yeah, yeah, I guess, yeah. Um, and, you know, if everything goes good, you know, I may fight again soon, but, hey, I may not. I don't know, man. I'm not. I'm not, I'm not sure right now. You know what I mean? It depends on, it all depends on Friday night, man. But I know we've got fights offered to us. We, you know, we, you know, we, we get matches offered to us all the time, but, you know, it's got to be workable for us. I mean, we host four tournaments a year. We run schools full time. We've got trips planned. So, I mean, it has to fit in our schedule for elite and then it has to fit in my family schedule too. So, I mean, as long as, you know, if everything fits good, then I may fight again. I just, I don't know. Um, we'll see, you know, we'll see after Friday. We'll talk about that on Monday morning. Living in the moment, my man. I love it. I love it. Yeah, I just, I, I don't know, man. I don't want to think about anything other than what's in front of me right now. You know what I mean? Because hey, he's a, he's a, he's a t- big old tough boy and I don't want to, I don't want to think about nothing other than him right now. You know what I mean? <laughs> Absolutely. Man, thank you so much for doing this, Harry. I appreciate it. I, I always love talking to you. I'll be there Friday night for what? No pressure. We're calling this early fight of the night. So no pressure on that. Just go out there and do your thing. But we expect it to be one of the best fights on the card. Before I let you go, I want to give you a chance to throw out any shout-outs, any thank yous, anything you want to say to our listeners. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I, I just I want to thank everybody that's helped me getting ready for the fight, all my all my teammates and all my students at Elite. I want to thank Master Schneider. Um, he's definitely made all this possible. Um, I want to thank uh, Dan Sipple at Sipple's Chiroprocter. Chiropractic Carry is one of my sponsors, and then I want to thank the Your Fight team. They've been awesome. Um, they've helped me sell, sell a lot of those custom shirts. So, um, And then everybody come out Friday night, and we'll see what happens. And uh, thank you all for having me on. And then I want to say hi to my girlfriend and uh, my, my son and my daughter, too. Guys, this Friday night, Bobby Stacker versus this man, Harry Hunsucker in the heavyweight division. Harry, enjoy the rest of your week, and I'll see you Friday night at Heritage Hall. Yes, sir. Thank you very much, man. Y'all have a good night, okay? You too, brother. Uh-huh. Bye-bye. Harry Hunsucker looks to get his seventh official MMA win. That unsanctioned stuff I'm not real sure about. Uh, but let's move right along. We'll we'll do our commercials after our next guest. We've been making our wait long enough. It's fight week for the second consecutive week for our next guest. The Kentucky debut of Indestructible Fight Club is upon us this Saturday night in Owensboro, Kentucky. She returns to the show to educate us. Kira, what's up? Hi, how are you guys? I, was, I like I asked Todd about six times. I just want to call you Kyra. I don't know why. <laughs> because it's my name. It's <laughs> the why. Is it Kyra? Kira? Can, can I it's call Kyra. you? Kyra. Yeah. I'm gonna call you I just wanna call you mom. I feel like you're that motherly figure in MMA right now. Just working you know your tail it. off every week it <laughs> seems. Every week, how do you do it? And then take care of Dan and the kids. It's you're amazing. I just want you to know that. No, I'm just crazy. Crazy takes <laughs> <laughs> a long way. Oh first of all, how did the event go last week? Did uh, Can you go into an event like that knowing that the next week you've got another one to put on in a new market, kind of untested waters in a new city, in a different state? You know, was, did that, was that more nerve-wracking than actually putting on the event itself? Well, I wasn't nervous until now. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 my nerves are really, really bad. 
Um, no. Um, kickboxing is actually, it, it's kind of strange because up to the event, it's kind of stressful because it's very crazy, but at the event, um, it's it's pretty relaxed. You know, uh, fighters get to socialize more and that kind of stuff. So it was, it was nice to enjoy that before the crazy of this week started. Let me ask you this. A dirty little secret you yeah. told me is that you cry at all your events. Did you cry Saturday? No, and I haven't. Um, th- that's my second one I haven't. Or maybe my third. It's my third one I have not. You're getting cold-hearted. I, I am hard. <laughs> <laughs> the MMA game is hard on you. You will be Mark Slater before you know it. Yeah, I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Mark. <laughs> oh. One of the things that I'm always intrigued with is, like, why Kentucky? And, I've, and I asked you this uh, before, but, you know, and I know you have a history uh, you know, coming to events here, uh, Todd Neal speaks so highly of you and Dan, uh, you know, and you're, and you're not coming super far away from your home base, but you get to come minutes. over to how far? 25 minutes. See, that's, uh, you should just move to Kentucky. <laughs> Our driver's license yeah. looks better. The, the whole I, I'm thing. telling you, this experience with Owensboro, um, dealing with the city and dealing with, uh, Everybody there, they've been set now. So people might show up on Saturday night. But um, they have been so supportive and so nice. And the businesses, um, as far as going in and saying, you know, hey, can we post this? Yeah, put it right on the front door. You know, um, it, it was very impressive. I, I really enjoyed it. It was nice. So, well, i got to ask, is, is it different? Than in Indiana? I mean, do you not get that same reception? Uh, no. <laughs> um, <laughs> not always, no. Um, no, we don't. <laughs> now, my hometown, the Candleton show we do, and I'm from Perry County, so, so yeah, we do. Um, but it just hasn't taken, it's very important for me to do it here at home, and um, it just didn't take off, kind of like I... I love it so much. I just expected everybody else to do it as well. Why wouldn't you, right? I'm the same so. way. Yeah, I know. I'm like, what do you mean violent? It's not violent. <laughs> <laughs> so. As you as you prepare, you know, and you, you've you've been out. Obviously, I see your posts on Facebook. How you're out and about, uh, you know, working the streets. Definitely, not in the other, street walker. Yeah, not <laughs> not in the other way, but to promote your fights. Uh, hey, like, whatever sells a ticket. Oh, that totally threw me off track. What I guess? What are your expectations? You know, you're coming into to the new to the new place. You've been welcomed so far with open arms. What are your expectations when you when put on a show here? And get the Kentucky I fan. think we'll have a low attendance this first time. Unfortunately, um, it's the barbecue fest in Owens Pearl this weekend. So that's going to kick my butt. And um, leaving my job two weeks ago, there was just a lot more involved in that than I had anticipated. So I didn't get to jump in and get a lot of stuff done early like I normally would. Um, that's why I'm 
<laughs> 10 hours on the street <laughs> this week. So I kind of think we'll have a little bit lower attendance than I'd like. Um, but I still think, you know, um, there's still a, a really good following there, and there's several schools. So it'll be a, probably decent. It just won't be what I want. <laughs> <laughs> You got to start somewhere, though, right? And that's so many people want to come in and put on a show in a ten thousand seat arena, and then they go bankrupt and wonder what happened. You know, but but you have like real life expectations that you can grow on, you know, and 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 know that it's you can have low attendance and not be completely let down because you've got people committed. Uh, and I know how how you see your fighters and how they, you know, respect you. They keep coming back to IFC, whether it be in Indiana. Now you've got uh, your Kentucky branch, but you know it's uh, it's such a shame that people ex- have these expectations. Then when it doesn't happen, they're left you know wondering why you know. But but you but seem to have that, that completely grasped. Well, but we saw that. Um, I mean. Losing money is never fun, but um, nobody ever really wants to do it. But in Dan's career, you know, um, he signed with uh, two really good organizations that just went under. I mean, you know, big blowout fights and two, three shows, and they were done. And one, I didn't want to do that. Two, um, I, I guess that just kind of. I said I would never grow more than I can afford to. And so there's not a lot of shebang, you know. We don't have fireworks. I refuse to get the fog machine because I think once you, <laughs> you get the fog machine, that's your, like, last show ever. I think it's, like, going to come to your car the next week. When you start getting, you know, pretty excited and start bringing out the fog machine. Uh, <laughs> the, the kiss of death. Promoters, listen. Yes, I've seen it. I've seen it in like six or seven. I could name them. Five organizations. And yeah, because they get all excited. Get that fog machine going, and then they're done. So. So you quit your job, and I know it's not just because of MMA, but that's a huge leap, especially uh, when you're not like 16 and you're you're quitting McDonald's. You know, you you quit your job, and you have this this unknown and and how scary is that for you well it wasn't until now once again thank you um i'm I'm not calling you guys ever again (laughs) (laughs) i'm not gonna sleep all night now um no I, i kind of think everything happens for a reason i think situations present themselves and you either um, take advantage of it and, and hop on that road or you stay on the one you are. And uh, I think probably if I was going to promote, I should have done this right three years ago uh, when we started, and I didn't. But, um, you know, now I feel like I have the opportunity to rectify some of the time. I think, you know, it, it is definitely a full-time job. And so to have a full-time job with a full-time job, with a family, you know, the husband that's gone because he has a dojo and, uh, you know, that kind of stuff. It's So I'm hoping that, uh, I hope that it helps us grow 
and provide better for the buyers and the fans and, and that kind of stuff. If not, well, I'll be back in the workforce, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and, and I, I respect you so much for that because, you know, you've got a young son uh, and you've Sorry, got this. Yeah, yeah, that's amazing. You know, the, our yeah. friend Carl, who's in the chat room, he, he had his last kid when he was 41 years old. And I'll see videos of him pushing his uh, daughter in a, <laughs> you know, in the uh, in the stroller, <laughs> and he looks 72. I'm sorry, Carl, you don't look 72. But you know, okay, the time we, we we don't get time back, you know. And now that that you've got Indiana going, it seems like you know twice a month almost. And as you do, you see, can you take what you've learned there and kind of all that real world experience? Does it change anything for when you come here? I mean, do you have a different different outlook on, on how you're going to do things once this first event kicks off here? Um, you know, I have never done a show that's the same as far as marketing. I mean, you know, you think you've got a grasp on it, and the next time it just blows up in your face. Um, I don't think – I kind of see doing a show as – people think I'm crazy when I say this – as the same as every MMA fight. You know, regardless of how you prepare, um, what you do, how much time and effort you put into it, you never know when that door opens, you know, if you're going to have 50 people, you know, 200 people, 2,000 people. I'm going to say pre-buy, which would be great, but nobody hardly ever does. You know, so I, I kind of see it kind of the same as, I mean, of course it's not. The fighters work much harder than I do, but, you know, it's just, you just, don't know. It's kind of this same rush or, or gamble that a fighter takes. Does it? Do you get treated any different because you're a female, and now you have a female matchmaker? Does that change anything at all, or is that just business as usual? Um. Well, I don't know any different, so I don't know. Uh, probably. I mean, I think. <laughs> Case in point, there's some fighter giving me a big line on Saturday night, you know, just blowing smoke, you know, I just told him, I said, you know, I have 400 of you guys, and I've been married three times. There's just nothing I haven't heard, you know. <laughs> it's just, I'd be shocked. I just would totally be shocked. And so, um, I know, I'm thinking, I'm going Shut up, Kyra. But, uh, um, I, you know, I, I'm sure it's different. You haven't asked that question but that before to people. And and because I really want to know, you know, is it different to fight for us? Because it's so, you know, now it's really filled with women. But uh, um, I don't know. You know, I guess that'd probably be a question for somebody that fights for us. Uh, the ones that fight for us often say, you know, we're no different than... Uh, you know, fighting for a guy. <laughs> One thing that I take away when I see, you know, you on Facebook and and talking to you now, is I feel like you really have fun. Like, you, I, you can sense that passion. And, you know, you're, you're so funny. And you just, it seems like you, you're still having fun where, you know, somebody that's been in this, game three, four years as a promoter, sometimes aren't having as much fun. Where does that come from? No. I think just 
life itself. I think it's your outlook on it. I mean, you know, because there's probably nobody <laughs> that's still running that hasn't lost as much money as I have, you know, or more. And, and I, you know, it's, I don't know. I think when you dedicate yourself to something and you enjoy something and and no matter what happens, if you get that satisfaction out of it that you were looking for or, you know, one out of the five things, I mean, because... At the end of the night, if the fans had fun and the fighters had fun, you know, and I don't know, it's just, it's still rewarding to me. But I guess when it stops, is when I'll stop. You, we just had this conversation about when, like, like <laughs> when, and did you say cry? No, I said crack. So I was totally oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Stay off the pipe. Okay. Um, we just had this conversation, you know, like 30 minutes ago, talking about fighters, about when they know it's time to walk away. And I don't think it, it's very hard for to be immersed in something that you love to walk away. The same for doing this very program. When when will it be time for us to, to put the microphone down and say, well, it's not worth it anymore? Do you feel like if that time ever comes... That, that it will be, like, super difficult for you to separate yourself from this sport that you've been involved in, not just as a promoter, but as the gym mom and the wife and, and all that other stuff just to walk away from? Well, I think that there's probably two answers to that for me. One, um, that is my example on so many things that, that I do, you know, on the way I act, the way I want my show to run because of the experiences that we had and that kind of stuff, but when he was done fighting, he was done fighting, and there was no, well, I made him kickbox for you last summer, but other than that, that slip, you know, um, and he took it well, and, and you know, he didn't have where he sat and watched his fights over and over and was all depressed or anything like that. So I have that example to go by. But, you know, when my job or what I feel is, when I've given all I can give as a promoter, then it's when it's time to move on. It may not be move out of the sport. You know, it may just be into something else. Probably not a fighter. Probably not. Join Bluegrass MMA? Huh? What about that? You could join Bluegrass MMA? Be our correspondent? You could see. No. 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 Truly. um, You know, I I love the fight. But, um, you know, who to say that it's, going to be out of the sport, but I, I think, I don't know, I think all people innately know when it's time. It's just willing to accept that, I don't know, uh, the next path, and, and it is hard to let go of people, um, you know, and move on, but I, I tend to not. I still keep them in my life somehow, usually, um, but, you know, we'll see, it, you know. Might be after this next show, you know. <laughs> <laughs> or, or when the big when UFC or somebody comes and just throws a whole pot full of money at you and says, "Hey, we want your promotion." I don't think I that it's not it's never been about money, so I don't think that it would be <laughs> money that motivated me to go do something else. You know, unless somebody wants to say, "Oh, I, I love your show, I'll give you a million dollars." Okay, maybe, but. Uh, so no, I don't think we're ever going to be a threat to Dana White. <laughs> uh, somehow I don't. But, um, 
you know, we'll just see. I don't know. Who knows? Who knows? Let's talk about the event Saturday. Can you tell us about some of the fights that you're excited for that you can talk about? Well, all of them, of course. Um, That's such a weak answer. I know. I know, but what am I supposed to say? <laughs> there's well, there's really, really some duds, but no, I'm just kidding. Actually, there there is one. Um, there's several, but there's one um, that's very near and, and dear to me. Um, I had this happen uh, last fall um, where some of the guys that started with me before they were 18 and kickboxed um, were uh, debuting uh, in the first MMA fight with us. And uh, I have it again and uh, with uh, Zane Clark, Clark, sorry, Zane, and uh, Michael Stewart, both guys that started. Uh, Michael kickboxed on our very first show, and he was maybe 15 years old. And uh, uh, Zane's been kickboxing with us for two years. And so they're both turned 18 recently, and they're going to fight each other, actually. So uh, that one's, you know, that's the mom in me. Um, But I'm just so... I get honored that they choose to do this with me and with us, you know, our crew. Um, I feel like they've kind of grown up with us as we've kind of grown up. So, you know, I'm going to cry. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's awesome so because, you know, was... you don't get to see that very often because, let's be honest, right now there's – so many different promotions that guys can that hop in and out of and you know try to go get a title here try to go build up their record here for somebody to stay the course and stick with with one promoter especially coming from a very early age yeah and they fought other places they kickboxed other places um you know maybe my timing was just right (laughs) maybe it wasn't a choice maybe it was timing but uh (laughs) could be i'm gonna pretend it was a choice um, but you know, it, it is it is nice. Um, but I I wouldn't be that promoter that would want to keep them um, beyond what we can provide for them either. Though, you know, when it's time to move on, it's time for them to move on because there are much larger shows that get more exposure than us because some people don't come to our shows and give us exposure. <clears throat> I've listen, Juan. I've tried to get him to go. Sorry. You know how far Owensboro is from where I'm sitting right now? It's awful. And you would pick uh, I'm not, I'm not, that the UFC is in Cincinnati. Like, they're more important to me? Uh, and, and, well, I'm going to be around here. They're, they're going to come and poof and then they'll be gone. <laughs> I'm totally kidding. <laughs> I feel like I would be tempted by the barbecue festival as well. I'm, oh, like, Oh, you have a heart. I'm going to have to go down there for lunch. <laughs> oh. It's this Saturday at the next level, and next is Capitalize. T- tell me about the mm-hmm. venue, because there's – Owensboro's one of the big – you know, in Davies County, It's a lot goes on up there. Tell me about your venue and kind of how you're going to set that up for the fans that are going to come out in droves. Because they heard you on the show. Um, it's an indoor sports arena. So it, it's actually really cool. Um, 
it's just a huge building, and all kinds of sports are played in it. And I think they had the indoor football league in there for a while. Um, and uh, they, I mean, we're going to stick it in the center. We're going to put chairs and bleachers around it. But no. Um, and there will be no fog machine, guys. Do not come expecting no the fog, fog machine. I'm just waiting for somebody to like bring one one time, and then I'll <laughs> that when I'll know it's over. When some sponsor or fighter says, you know, let's use this fog machine, I'll be like, yeah, it's time to go. <laughs> oh, I'm going to bring one. My first IFC show <laughs> really? done with, with a fog machine, lights. I thought you liked me. <laughs> I just I just wanted to to squash your superstition and show you that it yeah. can be done. Oh, it's not a superstition. I've seen it. I'll I'll email you the the final organization. <laughs> well, how about this? A fan and some dry ice, and we'll make our own fog. We don't even be a fog machine. It'll just be fog. Well, that's not how I roll. There you go. That's all <laughs> I Actually, dry ice is very expensive. <laughs> What's left in the week for you? I know it's uh, it's Tuesday. We've got weigh-ins Friday. Event goes down Saturday. You're such a hard worker. You you fight sleep like no other. I I check on you. I make sure you're doing the right things, and and you fight sleep like a three year old. What's left for the tank? I have to be honest. Yeah, I wish that I wouldn't have fought it so hard Sunday night because when I went into the city of Owensboro on Monday, I think they probably are pretty sure that I need medicated. Um. It's a poor guy. He he just kept looking at me like, get her out of my office. She's crazy. Um, tomorrow morning, actually, I am dropping my son off early at daycare and heading to Frankfort, Kentucky, uh, to hopefully get approved for our alcohol license. <laughs> and then from there, I'm heading uh, straight to Owensboro, and I'm going to meet some wonderful people that are going to help us um, with the last push to get um, some more flyers and postcards and that kind of stuff out, and let's see, tomorrow's Wednesday. Thursday I'll get up and head to Owensboro and go through some of the places I hit first and, and restock, and uh, then we've got t-ball practice Thursday evening. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a t-ball game Thursday evening. There you go. Well, we have one Saturday, and it's his last one. And it's a really bad time because we really should be setting up. But I'm pretty sure I know what we're going to be doing instead. We'll just have everything ready to run over there. And so, um, let's see. And then Friday, we'll probably um, might take them to the barbecue festival early, get them to eat. No, <laughs> we're going to eat where we have weigh-ins. <laughs> and then Saturday, I'm sending all kinds of people to the barbecue festival postcards. <laughs> And then it's finite. Is, is this the first event that you've been able to sell alcohol at? No, we have um, two other ones. Hmm. I'm that not a huge. Yeah, we'll see. Um, well, we'll see. Can I use? They're hard to get approved. Um, so we'll see. Um, we'll see. I kind of. I mean, I think it's because. We don't drink that much. Uh, I forget, but I know that it's it, it makes a difference money wise. Um, it really hasn't for us um, because I think I don't know if we just weren't drinking it <laughs> uh, or what. But um, uh, we'll see. If it makes a difference, but everybody says it does. 
I worry it makes more fighters in the crowd. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Kyra, I'm so happy that you're in Kentucky. I think we will treat you well. You have uh, everybody. I, you know, uh, like Hard Rock. Uh, we're looking for some fighters to fill some spots. You know, he jumps in there and and he's helping and and um, can't like, can't trust him. Some MMA help. And um, can't trust him either. Mike Merriman, yeah, Mike Merriman's helped, and you know, everybody's jumped in, and and uh, and it's awesome. So far, the experience has been wonderful. Um, of course, I knew it would be because we've known Kentucky MMA for so long, and we loved it. And I could kick myself for not starting there earlier, even, but. I wanted to make sure I knew what I was doing before I went. <laughs> I didn't want Todd and Angela <laughs> to be mad at me. Because <laughs> I love them. And, you know, and so maybe I'm not supposed to say that. But I do anyway. We do. For too. now. <laughs> yeah, I know they're awesome. That's pretty awesome, one thing. IFC fight night number one goes down this Saturday night in Owensboro, Kentucky. Kyra, before I let you go, I want to give you a chance to give any shout-outs, any thank yous to your sponsors, anything you want to throw out there to our listeners. I want to thank um, my crew, first and foremost. We have amazing people that 90% volunteer their time, you know, set up, tear down, work the fights. Um, for the love of us and for the love of the sport, we just have a great group of people. And I say this and people laugh at me, but it is, it's like a fluid motion. It's amazing. Um, they all know what they're doing and how to do it, and it makes my life so much easier and incredible. And I want to thank Kentucky for being so awesome to us. And, uh, mm-hmm. uh I know, really, they have been, and the fighters uh, on the card, um, you know, this being our first time, a little crazy, slightly, um, and uh, so it's been pretty, you know, so far so good, we'll see. I wish you nothing but, we wish you nothing but the best Saturday night, we will be there at some point, I promise, I'm saying it on air, on record, I promise. How many years have I been... Let's not. Why you gotta bring up old stuff? Let's not. This is a new beginning. This is a new beginning. And you don't forget anything. No, no, no. And like ten years from now, if it takes you another year to get here, I'll be going. It was like four years before you came to our show for the first time. Just so you know. Well, be safe in all your driving this week from Frankfurt to Owensboro to home and back. Uh, nothing but uh, the best of luck for Saturday night. Not that you need it, but hope everything runs smoothly. And we'll bring you on. We'll talk about your experience here pretty soon. Uh, have fun, and we look forward to talking to you Thank again. You. Okay, take care. There you guys go. Miss Kyra Christensen coming to Kentucky for the first time. Now, let's go from Kentucky to Tennessee by way of Ohio and Mississippi. It's going to get confusing here for a second. Our next guest uh, will be fighting Jaleel Willis. Wills? i got to look that up. For V3 coming up. He's with us right now. Mr. Adam, the Grizzly Nash. Adam, what's up, my man? 
Hey, how's it going? Yeah, his his name is uh, Jalil Willis. He's the uh, he's the realist there is in uh, Memphis, Tennessee. So it rhymes. You can remember that pretty easy. The realist versus the grizzly. I, I don't feel yeah. like the nicknames will, is, is a good matchup for him. Well, you know, it it, it kind of comes with how it goes. I guess you you find something that sticks. His happened to rhyme, and mine happened to be after a uh, wild undomesticatable beast. <laughs> I love it, man. I love it. I got to ask you. Uh, I saw your phone number. It's an Ohio number. Right. You're, you're in Mississippi and you're fighting in Memphis. Tell me about your mm-hmm. journey. What, where, where are you from? Uh, I'm originally from Dayton, Ohio. Um, born and raised proudly, uh, growing up around delicious Marion's pizza and, uh, you know, of course, Frickers and, and awesome establishments like that. Uh, I now live in Gulfport, Mississippi, home to uh, awesome seafood. Just got back from uh, Golden Corral. They had surf and turf night, so that was pretty good. Chocolate fountain was flowing. It was a, it was a good night. Ah, so how did that – What? tell me about this journey. How does one get from Dayton, Ohio – to uh, to find their way to settle in, in Mississippi? Um, well, I used to travel the country for uh, for work. I was a, a, a poker dealer traveling the country. I came down to Mississippi a couple times. Liked it down here uh, so much that I stayed eventually, and uh, now I'm down here with uh, Alan Buffett from the May Club, uh, training and teaching uh, day in and day out. I've been here for about three years now so tell me about your poker career man because uh i'm doing my research i see you cashing at these games you know uh the first thing i see is it says undefeated uh mma fighter you know at the final table and i'm like what what because that's like my two well, loves poker and mma well, I feel like they, uh, they so well Basically, um, I'm pretty much filthy rich. Uh, anywhere I go, they just give me the money. Um, if I enter a poker tournament, I pretty much plan on just to uh, for them to give me the money when it's over, and uh, that's pretty much all. So I just go in, get however much I need to pay my bills for the month, and uh, leave the rest for everybody else. I like it. What's your game? I saw uh, playing Hold'em, Omaha. What what what's the the game where you win the most money? Uh, really anything. What whatever everybody else doesn't want to play, I guess I'll 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 play that and and get the money from there. Or uh, really anything. I've been with Pokers for ten years, ten plus years now, coming from Ohio down to here. So uh, I mean, doesn't really matter anything. Anything fine with me. Did you start up around like Belterra or Rising Sun? No. I, it's I, up around there? Or? Uh, I started uh, on the streets pretty much in just home games that uh, can't really be discussed. Uh, <laughs> but now I'm completely legit. Uh, so, no, I, I wasn't in Ohio when they opened the casinos up. We did it the uh, old-fashioned way. The old-fashioned Hustler way. I like it. Yeah. So tell me about your training down there at Allen Belcher's. You know, I, I feel like it's such a solid base, especially, you know, I, I feel like for your ground game. What what do you advantage going into this fight? 
What was that again? I'm sorry, you broke up a little bit. Coming from Alan Belchers, I feel like your ground game is 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 going to be on point. Do you feel like that's an advantage coming in this fight? How, describe the matchup here with uh, the realist. Uh, Jaleel is known for his wrestling and his uh, uh, knockout power. Also, he's uh, seems to be transitioning kind of from a takedown ground and pound guy to. I know he's knocked out uh, several people. I don't think. I don't think he's had a fight in a long time that's even gone past the first. I think he's only had one uh, recently that's even gone past the first round. Um, he's going to pick me up and slam me and, uh, you know, try to hold me down, or he's going to try to knock me out on the feet. Uh, either way, is fine with me. Coming from Ohio, I've, I wrestled all the way from the time I could walk till I graduated high school, so the wrestling aspect doesn't bother me. Um, down here, we train hard, we train jiu-jitsu, we train Muay Thai, you know, wrestling, obviously all the typical uh, MMA training that goes into becoming an overall good fighter. Um, I haven't really seen too much jiu-jitsu from him, but he doesn't really have to use it. And, uh, I mean, if it goes to there, it'll kind of be, I think, uh, whoever gets control uh, will probably try to establish their game from there. Uh, so it'll probably be a matter of uh, whoever can just come out and set the pace and all that fun stuff to make it the way they want to be. But obviously the other person's goal is, uh, you know, going to be completely different. We've done a lot of special training at the gym for this fight. We've brought in uh, actual bears. I've been wrestling real bears for the last three weeks to get ready for uh, the powerful poles that he throws and the uh, – you know, the grabbing and slamming. So I've gotten pretty used to that. I, I, I feel like I'm I'm going to be good if it comes to that level. Now, this may be a first, but we've got a co-caller here with you that uh -huh. wants, to, uh, wants to get on here. Uh, D'Lo, is that you? Okay. Uh, hey, yes, hey, can you hear me, my friend? My name is D'Lo Fajal. How are you doing, Adam? Ah, ah D'Lo, old friend. Hello. Yes. Yes, I train with you. You know, my friend, I train with you a lot. Uh, you know me. I, uh, I'm a 10-time world champion, but uh, Adam, he, he's good on the ground, you know. Jaleel, no problem for my friend. You know, he's going to take the fight to him uh, anytime, uh, all the way. Uh, the Grizzly, my friend, he, he's, he's the best there is. And uh, and this is coming from me, my friend. You know, i 10-time world jiu-jitsu champion, you know. Uh, his stand-up, his uh, Muay Thai is very good. Uh, he's just going to win the fight. I just wanted to call and say, good luck, my friend. You know, you don't need it because you're so good and uh, in your fight. Okay, Adam, my friend, I see you. All right, thank you, D'Lo. All right, D'Lo, All right, my friend. Uh, the, the, there you go. He's confident. Yeah. Yeah, he's, uh, he's a guy who's been... Coming around the gym uh, very rarely, but bragging very steadily. So uh, I'm not surprised by his his confidence. <laughs> oh man, you fought for V3 before. Tell me about that experience because it's going to a you know when people come back to what they're familiar with. What what was your experience mm -hmm. like with them, and what do you expect it, for this show? Uh, my first fight with V3 was in Nashville. Um, I went up to uh, my first original experience with V3. I actually asked for a fight with Jaleel about a, a year ago. 
Um, that was the fight I wanted, but uh, due to their rankings or amateur title system, uh, it wasn't uh, feasible. So I had to go to Nashville to uh, fight another local local favorite for theirs. Uh, I went up and saw my brother and his friends who live there. Uh, they played an awesome show. They're in a band called Hotel War. They uh, they put on a show after the fight. Uh, unfortunately, during the fight, I did not put on the show. And uh, it was it was a great experience to come up and to uh, kind of see what it was like to fight more in the big leagues of uh, amateur productions. This was before V3 ever did any sort of uh, pro card. But they've obviously established themselves as a uh, number one amateur run and promoted company uh, in the Mid-South, Midwest, really anywhere that I've seen. I, I haven't seen an amateur show, uh, you know, where they put as much into the value of production and promotion. And that's nothing against anybody else, but they just seem to uh, uh, more or less make things on a bigger scale. Uh, you know, the the being online and posters and everywhere, social media advertising, it was definitely uh, uh, something that would be a, a great experience to have. I don't know if it played into my head or, or more or less kind of thing, but it, it was a great experience, and uh, I was definitely happy to, uh, you know, make the association with them that I'm able to return now and uh, go up to their hometown of Memphis and uh, put on a show there. Being told to ask you about uh, the real Memphis Grizzly. What what am I missing here? Tell me. Uh, there was recently an interview done. Uh, obviously, Memphis uh, Grizzlies basketball team. Everybody's very proud of them, and and that's great. But uh, I like to take a little personal joy in the fact that the majority of my friends from Tennessee constantly have a status. Uh, cheering on the Grizz. So I'm pretty sure that they mean me and not the basketball team. And it just happens to be a coincidence that maybe the team is playing that same night. So I know that uh, when I get up there, I'm sure I'll have plenty of fans cheering Go Grizz since they always have it on Facebook. You know, I'm sure they'll be pretty happy to see me. For sure. Yeah, I think you're on to something there. Right, uh, yeah. I mean, it's definitely... If you were going to weigh the NBA versus Z3, Z3 wins every time. So, oh, I mean, it's easy to figure out. Absolutely. I want to talk about um, something that I've, that I've got much respect for. You're donating all the profits from your walkout shirt to the Shriners Hospital. Do you have I a am. connection with the Shriners Hospital? Or is it just I a, do. a charity that you pick? Mm. No, my uh, I have a very personal connection with uh, Shriners Hospital. Um, all of my Game Changer T-shirts are the profits are going to Shriners. My daughter um, has actually been treated by Shriners since she was born. Uh, she was born with a condition called PFSD. Very simply put, uh, her leg wasn't right to make it really easy and short, so she had to have an uh, amputation surgery on her right leg, and uh, has received completely free treatment from Shriners. Um, she now has a prosthetic leg. We've been back several times and have never been charged a dime for uh, anything. It's an amazing charity. Um, it's an amazing organization that takes care of thousands of kids um, that no matter what their family's status is as far as uh, money, it doesn't matter. If you need treatment, they give it to you. 
Um, I'm donating all the profits from my shirt to my local Jaffa Shriners, which is actually sort of a subsidiary of the, I don't know if that's the right word or not, but it's like a smaller chapter of the Shriners. Um, what they do here in Gulfport is this group will drive a family from Gulfport to the nearest Shriners is six hours away. If a family can't afford to pay for the gas or pay for the hotel, they will pay for it, and they will drive them out, and Shriners will provide a free hotel stay. So what I'm doing is taking all of my profits um, I've got with Game Changer. We've come up with an awesome shirt um, that anyone that sells, my profit is going directly to the job of Shriners to help families that are less fortunate than me. I'm fortunate enough that my family is uh, able to pay for our own trip, our own hotels, through great friends and other families helping us, and obviously my poker winnings since I'm so rich. I don't really need to worry about it. But other families <laughs> that need any sort of assistance uh, to get there, they help. And, uh, you know, anytime you can help out just a little bit, it makes a difference. So for me, it's a really, really small scale, but it's something that I can start giving back that, uh, you know, I intend to do for the rest of my life, obviously, for receiving such great treatment from them. Dude, that is awesome. That is absolutely awesome. Yeah. i tell you what, we're going to buy two shirts tonight, and uh, we're going to give them away here on the program before your fight. Nice. Awesome. Thank you very much. So we will uh, be on the lookout for that. We'll order them tonight, and uh, you have to tune in before the fight in June to to get your – and I'm reading here, it says uh, the best-looking walkout shirt ever. Right. I mean, I consider myself to be almost the best-looking fighter in the world. So it's only appropriate that we came up with a uh, T-shirt that reflected that. Anything less would just be un unacceptable. So, you know, Game Changer was able to come up with an awesome design, you know, and now you can have your own piece of awesomeness to wear every day, your bearded greatness. It'll make you feel incredible. It, it, it borderline gives you superpowers. See, I've not shaved... Uh, I've not had a clean-shaven face since 2012. I'm a mm. beard connoisseur of sorts. How long have you let your beard grow? Um, right now, I've started this camp a couple months ago. I have a tradition of I usually trim up pretty good and let it grow the entire time. So it's been about a month. I mean, great beards run in my family. You know, my father has a phenomenal beard. I've actually never even seen my dad's face. I have no idea what he really looks like behind his awesome beard, but I wouldn't have it any other way. So, you know, it's, it's all in the genes. Nash men are just, you know, overall really good looking. I like it, man. You know what they, and, and Juan's going to kill me, I say this like every week, but you know what they call people without beards, right? Women? Women. That is correct. Right. Right. I mean, it happens. Some people now are underprivileged and don't have the ability to grow a beard. You know, and the way that you could change that is to get my T-shirt, and then you have a beard with you all the time. That is the best sales pitch I've ever heard. I mean, let's just be real. That's the way it is. <laughs> Do you miss Ohio at all? Because we covered oh, Ohio absolutely. Valley. Ohio, Kentucky, Indiana, uh, Tennessee, and, and my partner Juan, who you spoke with earlier, is from Cincinnati. Uh mm -hmm. Do you, do you ever come back and visit? 
Yeah, I come back to Dayton uh, pretty frequent. My family's still there. Um, you know, I like to stop in and go to, you know, high-class establishments. You know, I stop in the nice frickers every now and then in Huber Heights. It's, you know, I'm actually from Huber Heights, Ohio, not from, it's it's just a smaller city outside of Dayton, but it's way easier to say Dayton. So, you know, I make sure to, to come around and I love where I'm from, you know. It's a uh, a great place that uh, is unforgettable that once you've been there, you'll you'll never be the same. There's something in the water. Man, I appreciate you taking the time out to do this. I want to have you back before your fight, though, to help us give away your shirts. Yeah. You cool with that? Absolutely. Awesome, man. Well, listen, I appreciate you doing this, uh, taking the time out. The big fight, V3, it goes down uh, in June, June, June 21st, 21st. At, the Can- at the Cannon Center. Uh, if That's you right. can't come witness the awesome beard, you can order the uh, the fights online, uh, ustream.com mm-hmm. forward slash channel forward slash V3 fights. But if you're within 500 miles, I encourage you to, to get out there to V3 one of the promotions that we've not been to, but they're on our bucket list, Adam. That's We're going to be there before the end of the year. Yeah, there's no better time to come than June 21st. I mean, the card is stacked. They've got lots of great pro fights. Uh, I mean, I'm probably the only one that really matters, but, you know, all the other ones will be there in case for some reason you didn't come to see me. <laughs> this, your walkout shirt is the best. It's just your face and beard on the front. I, I, I've never lied my entire life. I, I wouldn't start now. It's the best-looking shirt you'll ever see. You can get it at uh, GameChanger.StoreEnvy.com. They're uh, $30, includes shipping to anywhere, $30 out the door, and all my profits are going to uh, Shriners Hospital, so make sure everybody checks that out. You can get it in black or red, and uh, we'll get one of each. So No, you can on only get it in red. Red is the only option. The top is it, part is, it, is the colors that are included in the shirt. Oh, okay. the red is your option because, uh, well, it's just your only option. So, <laughs> red is the option. Well, man, before I let you go, I want to give you a chance to throw out any shout-outs. I see some sponsors on the back of the shirt. Uh, mm-hmm. It's your time, my man. Take it away. Uh, absolutely. Uh, obviously, thank you to Game Changer Clothing. Um, for coming up with the best-looking shirt ever um, and helping me donate profits over to Shriners. Um, GNC, D'Auberville, Mississippi, Big O Sports Bar and Eatery, uh, best food in the world, and the beers are pretty cold. Uh, Twisted Anchor Tattoo Gallery, uh, LiveToDieGear.com. Uh, it's another awesome clothing brand out of California, but they're really, really cool with the stuff they make. Uh, Hotel War on Facebook. It's a band. They've been my walkout song for years. They're probably going to take over music pretty soon. Um, Alan Belcher MMA Club, of course, uh, for the great training that I always receive there. Anybody who has uh, liked my fan page on Facebook, Adam Grizzly Nash, thank you for your support. Uh, any friends who have uh, put up with my idiotness, for the last few years while I've been doing this. Uh, my family, of course. Um, Golden Corral for the great meal tonight. And um, I think that's probably about it. Uh, oh, V3. I guess I should probably thank V3. Thanks, V3, for finally giving me the fight I've asked for uh, for over a year. And thank you to all the people that are telling me I'm going to die on June 21st. Because of you, <laughs> I've been able to get 
multiple life insurance policies and my family will be well taken care of. Just make sure you wear my T-shirt at my funeral. That's all I ask. Is that a, is, So have you been getting these comments that you're going to die? Yeah, I've heard uh, RIP repeatedly. I thought I was fighting The Undertaker for a while. I didn't know if I signed the uh, the wrong contract. But, uh, yeah, I've been told various ways that I'm I'm either stupid or got big old bull balls and, you know, I guess it's one of the two and I'm I'm not too dumb, so I guess it's just got to be big old bull balls. I can dig it, man. Adam, thanks so much. We will uh, we'll be in touch, keep up the hard work, and we'll talk again soon. All right, brother. Thank you. There you guys go. Adam, the real Grizzly Nash. He fights June 21st, V3 fights. We are in the archive portion, but don't fret. We got lots and lots to discuss and talk about. Our, I'm outnumbered, three Buckeyes to one. I guess McKinney's not really a Buckeye since he's in Pennsylvania. Well then, that's your no, you're an idiot. So it's, Just shut it's even. He's moving back. He's moving back. Just sh- what, what's his fucking address right now? Is his address anywhere in Ohio? No. Where's he get his mail? Oh, well, you don't Probably know that. Pittsburgh. You don't know that. If he's like me, I've never changed my address in my entire life. So you Listen, don't know that. I'm you're gonna have you set you up. You know what assuming does? So it makes him makes him butt out of you and me. That's what assuming does. I'm gonna set you up for so many citations the next time you drive through Kentucky. Won't even be funny. Oh, really? Because for all you know, I'm lying to you right now. You can't do that. You cops think you're above the law, but you're not. you got to obey by the law, the same law that we all do. Listen, you forget one important thing. We're above the law. You're not above we the law. We are the law. Hey guess, hey, hey, guess what? Guess what? Chicken butt. You know what they call guys that say horrible jokes? Juan? Gary Thomas. Oh! Oh, I beat you to it. All right. All right, I'm not gonna lie. I stole that from uh, Aaron. He said that. <laughs> that <laughs> it was so funny. <laughs> you still want me to be censored, or can I speak freely? Censored. I've been censored all night. I have too, for the most part. Yes, we're we're working, getting better at that. Listen, I need Jesus. You, you, do, you end, do need Jesus. We're gonna um, end the show but, hey. in prayer for Juan. <laughs> Uh, so Shut Adam up, Nash, I'm trying dude. to buy these shirts. Hey, hey, oh, no, 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 don't buy them yet. Don't buy them. Why? Um, because what if you buy Smalls and the person that wins them are 2XL? It does them no good. We're going to say we have two extra large shirts, so that's what we're going to say. Well, why don't you just kind of hold off on that and... Because I promised him I'd buy the shirts tonight. I'm a man of my word. <sighs> You're, you're horrible okay. at this. Fine. Fine, Adam Nash. We're not going to buy the shirts tonight. I apologize. Juan's no, go and buy them. A liar. You, you, you already promised. You already promised. Buy also, them. now I've promised. This is this is ridiculous. Let's bring bring on our esteemed no. panel of guests here. I'm done talking to you. And and before we even get to our guests, I, I want to know again, you did not break for station identification to let the fans know, our, our listeners know. I'm not in interrupting an interview to do that. I'm not going to do Everybody it. Everybody does it. That's what's known in the radio. You have to have pauses in the interview what to break for station identification. Son, jeez, that's tell you everything. This is, I quit. This Take radio. me off. 
Give her, get, get the other Actually, I want to try something. You down? Let's do it. All right, I'll take it. Uh, our first guest, our weekly, uh, I don't even know what to call you anymore. You're talking bad about me, Aaron Garrett. <laughs> hey, I'm going to hit you with a show. <laughs> Was that video not awesome? That's the crazy. I'm I'm watching it again for like the fiftieth time already. Like this video is awesome. I, I don't know if it's a post, but it might be our post of the week. Oh, I just muted my microphone. Let's add add people to this call. Uh, let's add Juan Valley. Add the call. See if it makes it sound any better. And our second listener, who was absent oh. from his own show last week, David we Kenny. David. We, had, we have jokes. Yeah, yep. I had to uh, I had to go away for a little bit to uh, maybe Kyle will uh, respect me a little bit now that he had to work with John Cook for a week. And I, I they hope had John a lot Cook... of fun. <laughs> you know what I was? I, I listened to the show. I went to a beautiful Campbell, Ohio, on Saturday night uh, to work the Intimidation Clothing booth at the St. Lucie's Fight Night, and then. I downloaded it and listened to it on the way back, and I almost peed my pants listening to how it was. And unfortunately, was... most of the most of the jokes were at the expense of me, but it, that was still funny. So it was Cook. Uh, Cook ragged on you pretty hard. I expected Kyle to take up for you, but he didn't. Yeah, yeah. Kyle never sticks up for me. It's we have a hate hate relationship, but we still love each other. So. I would I would cut somebody for Juan. That's true. Juan, he's mad at me right now for some reason. He can't get into specifics, probably because he doesn't have any. But I would probably bury a body for him. <laughs> uh, I thought you you and dead, Aaron, but, uh, not please. so much. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, yeah. I heard uh, heard you guys. I, I guess we have to have a, a, some sort of freestyle rap battle between. Uh, Rozeski and uh, Aaron Garrett, so we got to set that up sometime here soon. Aaron's already promised it. me he would win that. Yeah, I don't know. Kyle, growing up on the mean streets of Buffalo, though, I drove through Buffalo uh, this past week on, on my way on my way back from Niagara Falls, and uh, it, it it does look pretty rough. So I uh, I got Kyle on that one. Did you get married up there? Isn't it like the number one honeymoon destination, or? Used to be something like no, that. No, no, I did go on a uh, on a wine tour though. One of my first ever wine tour. That was a freaking blast. Getting drunk at eleven o'clock in the morning on some wine. <laughs> <laughs> you wine? It and like uh, we actually, yeah, we actually had like a our own private wine tour because so, it was we were in the off season and, and uh, we were the only two people on this wine tour. So we actually had them stop at a couple of bars and then uh, a couple of uh, like craft brew houses as well and we were we were pretty lit when the tour was done about 3:30 in the afternoon so uh yeah we had a, we had a blast um i do recommend if you ever are looking for a fun vacation spot niagara falls is definitely uh definitely one to uh to check out so from wine tours to high school prom back-to-back weeks for aaron garrett and fox entertainment how was uh how was prom? Dude, kids today, I'm telling you. I was telling you earlier. I mean, what the hell is wrong with our society anymore? All they want to hear is twerking music. What about I turned down for what? We played that. But like some I of the jam like, right now. That's on yeah, this hard. Have you ever, 
like the most uh, uh, last couple of weeks is the biggest song that we is called uh Drop That Nay Nay. Drop that nay <laughs> <laughs> McKinney, is that in your iPod right now? Drop that nay nay? No, not not that one. The uh, I actually felt bad. Uh, the only uh, the only hip hop I have, I have some Eminem, and then I have one uh, Drake song, which I actually downloaded for uh, for Lance Palmer. It says "Walk Out Music" when he fought for UBC. I I deleted <laughs> it. It's, it's a horrible. I don't even know what it's called, but it's horrible. Every you're not uh, you're not <laughs> hip to the urban music. Yeah, you have to listen to not this song. Really. It's even worse. Yeah. Beastie Boys, do they count as urban? No. Uh, and Eminem doesn't count as urban either. What's his drop that nene? Yeah, it's horrible. But I don't even know how to spell that, so I I don't even know how to look it up on YouTube. Drop. Talk about YouTube. Have you has McKinney seen the shovel? I did see the shovel video. The one thing I I wanted to watch the whole video. But I guess the whole video has been taken off of YouTube. I guess there's no, like I a just, whole like nine-minute video. I just I sent it to uh, Nicole because Nicole asked me for it, and I sent it to Nicole uh, Long or whatever her last name is now Castillo, and uh, she watched it. She laughed her ass off too. <laughs> yeah, I've only seen the short, the shorter version with. Uh, I guess it was on originally posted on like Vine or something, but. Uh, yeah, it uh you could the, the the best part about not even the shovel but when you can you, if you slow it down you can see the girl's head actually smacks the ground too. So <laughs> <laughs> I read a thing That's today what I'm about. that said and I didn't actually click on the link so it could be a satire site but that the girl actually died from that. Uh, it's fake. Okay. The only person that would die from that would be one. Death by shovel. <laughs> Death by shovel. Don't hit me in the face! Wow. Have you found the so song what? yet, Gary? Yeah, I was just listening to it. It's pretty stupid. <laughs> I told you. Uh, see, what's wrong with our kids' society today? Yeah, so is Mumford and Sons. It all depends on your taste in music. <sighs> well, if you like that song, you probably like the taste of poop, Juan. <laughs> You like I didn't say I didn't say a bad word. I said poop. Good job. Huh? Congratulations. Yay, we're learning. Uh So how was the uh the event from the intimidation booth Saturday night? Uh you know what it actually um I don't know if you've ever been to any of uh Chuck Haskell's shows. Um I've never been to an Ohio he, MMA show period, so right, yeah. me. I forgot about that. Uh <laughs> but it was a kind of a smaller show, more of like a you know some a couple of prospects, and I think they lost uh, the the most experienced fight they had. Uh, the guy weighed in and, and then didn't show up, but uh, <laughs> really only didn't show up to the fight. And really, only one uh, one guy on the card um, who really looked to be much of anything. Uh, Corey Breckner out of uh, Team CMA, who actually is uh, is deaf. Um, but a uh, damn good fighter. It was good wrestling and actually knocked the guy out cold with uh, with a shot from uh, from full mount, which I haven't seen in a while. Um, wow. He was out for about five minutes. So, yeah, it was it was pretty nasty, and, and he had blasted him a couple times on the feet, too, and uh, just looked like, I mean, he outclassed the guy that he was fighting. But uh, 
Yeah, that team CMA, they, they seem to be like uh, every time I go to shows, you know, whether I go to a Cage Madness show or um, a lot of Chuck Haskell shows, they seem to be kind of rising up here a little bit. They got some amateurs and guys getting some more experience, so that's a team to watch out for up in, I guess, the, the uh, eastern Ohio, Youngstown area. Um, yeah. We actually have one of their really guys cool. on our card. Oh, yeah, on the the, uh, the 14th, is that? Yeah. Who do you have on the card? Uh, Davis. Oh, Davis. Yeah, he was supposed to, he was supposed to fight uh, on uh, Saturday, and the guy that he was supposed to fight, Roger Oswalt. Oswalt, I don't know how to say it, but yeah, I guess Roger weighed in and then didn't show up. <laughs> yep. And that's all Roger was scheduled for the uh, for the RFO show, and uh, I don't know if he's going to end up getting suspended or or what, but he might not be fighting on that show. Well, that brings me right. to this question. I know, is are amateur contracts, are those mandatory in Ohio? I mean, does every promotion use contracts for amateurs? Yes. I see. How does yeah, that work? I mean, getting a guy, what, what, the, getting a what all does it include? Them, I guess. Yeah. It's more like a file agreement, right? Is that what you guys, just the, the one-page file agreement? Or do you guys, have, does IT have like a full... Uh, contract. Uh, we have. I mean, we add a little bit to it, but it's mostly as yeah, a saying. If you don't show up, uh, you're pretty much suspended for nine days. Second time is going to be six months. Wow. And so on, so on. But I mean, some some don't even care about the ninety day suspension because usually amateurs don't fight within ninety days. Yeah, they were talking about Don uh, Cook and Rizeski were talking about that with um, with Nicole uh, Castillo last week about how they need to uh, you know, start weeding out some of these guys who uh, don't honor the contracts and uh, just suspend them for. Uh, I would be, I think, suspending them for a year would uh, would make much more sense in that way. They, you know, those guys don't even get the opportunity to fight and let them sit in the corner and think about what they did. <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, I don't. I mean, that, that's the whole thing. I don't. What do you guys think if if a guy signs a contract and then either uh, doesn't show up or uh, you know gets cold feet or, or cage flu, which uh, Matt Trokovich likes to call it? Uh, do you think it should be more than ninety days, or do you think ninety days is is a long enough long enough suspension? I think I it mean, should be. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'll say for the first offense, ninety days is perfect. Anything longer than that. It's getting to be too excessive for a one-time offense. Uh, but then again, maybe you can look at it on a case-by-case scenario. Granted, that takes more people getting involved with it and takes more paperwork. But I think 90 days, if you're just looking at it from an outside perspective, 90 days is sufficient. Aaron? My thought behind it is uh, you should have, you know, and, yeah, 90 days is fine, but do like a $50 suspension too. They're, they have to pay that $50 to... Fight again, and I'll uh, make them even think harder not to show up. Could they legally do that, though? I don't know. I mean, I think that's a great one thing. I always kind of suggested and this was a long time ago in, in Kentucky. I'm, I'm sure it's different in Ohio, but for an amateur to fight, make them pay fifty bucks to get onto the card, and if they show up and they actually fight, they get their fifty bucks back. That way, they're not technically out anything. You're not paying them 
but it gets away for fighters to actually show up. I know, that's what I the whole thing, thought would be a good idea. Hard thing for that, most of the fighters don't have money to pay for their license and blood work, though. I know, that's what kind of sucks, too. <laughs> Maybe what they can do, I don't know. Money and I'll hold it. Is maybe with the suspensions, if they can say pay fifty bucks to get unsuspended, or better yet, make it a six month suspension on a first time. Uh, After ninety days, they can pay fifty bucks and get it reduced to that ninety days, and then keep that fifty bucks into a pool. And then maybe we can do blood work through the state at a cheaper price because we had this extra set of money. Yeah, I don't know. But your goal would to be a, to eliminate all of that so you really wouldn't have a pool to do everybody's blood work. Ideally, yes, but people are still going to back out of fights or pay to that. Well, the thing is with amateurs, they gain nothing. They're, they have There's no monetary value to, to what they do. It, it, it's a lose-lose for them. They're, it's going to cost them for their blood work. It's going to cost them for their short... You know, it's not like... If I'm an amateur and I sign up for a fight, uh, that I'm going to get anything out of it. So, like, what benefits me for signing a contract? If the uh, who the only person that that has to gain anything would really be the promoter, and they're not. There's no monetary value associated with that either. But I think I think if everybody would do a better job just policing themselves, but you've got promoters that'll use any swing and dick to to fill a card at last minute, or whatever. I think that also limits like your last minute fights that sometimes are, are really good because you know it's Wednesday. You know, hey, can can you? I need a 170 to fight Friday night. Can you do it? Yeah, I'll do it. Well, there's no time for contracts during that stuff. Well, there's always time for contracts. Listen, don't sass me, Garrett. <laughs> I mean, technology today. I mean, I can scan it, send it to somebody. They sign it, scan it back, and we're good. That whole process usually takes what, Aaron, two and a half weeks. Yeah, usually. <laughs> <laughs> they gotta go to the library, print it off, scan it back. Uh, I think it, the the funny thing is, I um I I with so many people having smartphones now now, like I have actually had some uh, some people like print it off, and then if they didn't have a scanner, they like took a picture of it with like a high resolution phone, if you have an iPhone, which most people do now, or even, uh, you know, a, a, a nice smartphone, it's usually good enough to where you can, you know, have like a JPEG of the of the contract, so, um, I mean, as long as you can read it, obviously, but, uh, yeah, really, that's all that, I mean, most people need, I don't, I don't know why people have never really thought of that. Yeah, but, uh, we've done that a couple of times, or you can even be really tech savvy, like I did my last fight, and uh, just signed it on my phone. <laughs> Yeah, we don't yeah, all pack around laptops as phones, Aaron. Like not that big. Or, why don't why can't we pass something into the Ohio rule book or just any any of the state's rule books and just say have the promoters pay for blood work? It would make life so much easier. I don't like that idea. Well in uh <laughs> in in Jersey, I, I'm not sure. I think I know the commission pays for part of it and I think the promoter pays for part of it, but Every fighter actually is required to have uh, blood work, um, eye, amateurs and pros, eyes, and uh, MRIs as well. So I don't know if that 
also falls on the promoter or if that falls on um I know that I know at least part of it the state pays, but they have uh uh Nick Limbo there who I know has fought for a lot of uh you know extra budgeting and funding for uh the the, uh, the athletic commission there. So um I don't know, maybe it could be a joint some sort of joint venture between the promoters and um, and the the state. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, well, doesn't doesn't every idea. promotion offer doesn't every promotion offer fighters uh, percentage of their ticket money? So why don't the yeah. t- why don't the promoter pay up front for the cost of the blood work? Then once the fighter you know sells tickets, they keep back what they paid into the blood work. So in the end, it's a win win situation for everybody. Wouldn't be a bad idea. No, nah, that's, that's that's actually a pretty decent idea, but I don't think. Because you're gonna have guys that sell two tickets that are still gonna owe for blood work, and people that sell zero tickets. Well, that's fine. You have to keep records of that as a promotion, and next time you have them on your card, keep a tally of that. So every ticket he sells, make sure you get caught back up for that entire year. So he might have to yeah. fight for you six times throughout the year. I'm sure he can sell enough tickets to cover the seventy, eighty bucks it costs for blood work. Yeah, I'm, I really perceive an added burden of the, of record keeping to promotions to do that. But I'm, I think the cost of blood work itself is, it's just a cost of doing business. You know, we run a website, we have to pay for hosting, you know, just to, to do that. You know, if you, it's just cost of doing business. You're going to spend that money elsewhere. Granted. Yeah. There's probably some, some less fortunate people who have, would have a hard time, but I mean, how bad do you want it? Me, yeah, me I mean, I, I, uh... yeah I, I'm gonna take a lot of crap and from this. If you can't afford seventy, eighty bucks, what the f are you doing with your life? You pay one hundred twenty bucks for Xbox Live a year. You pay, uh, I don't know, one hundred bucks for cleats to play softball. You're spending all this cash on doing other stuff, but you can't spend seventy, eighty bucks for blood work for MMA. Get out of here with that. I, I hate hearing that as an excuse because you can find seventy, eighty bucks for one year to pay for blood work. You can actually oh, get yeah, into the man. health department here for free. Most people don't right. know that, but they'll 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 do it for free. Yeah, that's how the Canadians do it. They all their stuff is for free. Yeah, so's their health care. Yeah, that's what they tell you. <laughs> they tell you it's free, but they their taxes are ridiculous. Right. Yeah. True. But but like I was going to say earlier, I mean, I DJ for a semi-pro uh, basketball team, and uh, they have to pay to play there just so they can get. Scouts to look at them to uh, play professional ball. So I mean, it's the same kind of concept. I mean, you know, you're amateur. You're going to turn pro sooner or later, so you have to pay your dues now, and you'll be making the money later. So let me let me flip the script on a topic here, and it's something I discussed this weekend with Todd Neal from the KBWA. As of right now, in the Ohio Valley region, Indiana leads in the number of events, which Indiana typically is not you know, one of the top ten states, Kentucky and Ohio are usually right there with Ohio always being, you know, number two or three, you know, right there in the top five. Ohio's actually last in the Ohio Valley region in a number of events right now. What's the shift? What's the what's going on up there? Shady promoters. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Damn it. Um, I don't know. Honestly, yeah. I think I think there's a really simple reason that the fact that uh, a you know there's a lot of gyms and, and I know this happens everywhere but there's a lot of gyms that always seem to be 
uh, you know, going under almost every single day. Um, and then B, Ohio is one of the strictest states. And, and uh, you know, if, if I'm a fighter and I look and see that Ohio, you know, there's all these, you know, everything is strict and, and you know, basically the fighters a lot of times have to be almost the exact same record in order to, to fight and have to be, you know, not only that, but coming off of, you know, two wins or whatever, if they're both coming off of wins. And, uh, and I'm sure Aaron can attest to how difficult it is to, you know, match make in, in a state like Ohio, but you, know, you can go to other states where maybe they are a, a, a little bit more lenient. Um, I know Indiana has been, you know, known to be a little bit more lenient. Kentucky in the past, although Kentucky has gotten much, much better uh, to their credit. But a lot of the fighters, like I talked to guys from like Ronan Training Center, and they, they A, don't like the rules in Ohio, and B, like the fact that they can go to Kentucky and throw head kicks and, and weigh in the day before. Uh, you know, and, and even uh, PA is now instituted day before weigh-ins as well. But I think those are the two biggest things. And, and uh, you know, you see some of the organizations either not having events at all now, like UBC, or, or some of the events having a lot fewer, or some of the organizations having a lot fewer events, like NAFS, which is focusing a lot more on their pro cards now. And, and it really just seems like there aren't uh, as many shows. And, you know, a lot of the Cincinnati shows go to Northern Kentucky, a lot of the shows that were in um, you know, northwest Ohio, like Toledo area, I know a lot of those fighters have been going to Indiana, um, and then you know really northeast Ohio, which kind of used to be the biggest hotbed, uh, you know, with NWFS and EFP, and, and it just seemed like there were you know a bunch of different promotions, and now there has really died down a lot. So you know this this week we look at you know UFC this weekend in Cincinnati, and then there's not another show in Ohio until. Uh, May or uh, yeah, May 31st, which is I think there's three shows that night. But yeah, it's it's just it's tied down a lot. Um, not as many fighters, not as many guys looking to go to shows, and those are the you know few biggest reasons. But uh, yeah, I mean that's that's the big that's the thing. Oh yeah, I mean, definitely. Like David said, was I mean the internet has a lot. I mean Facebook has a lot to do with it now. It's a lot easier to contact fighters from other states now and hey be like, hey, come here, it's easier rules, I can get you a fight easier and it sucks, but what amazes me is when when I started in this journey, we had eighteen active promoters in Kentucky. And today we have eight. And we have it's it feels like it's not it's not the case, but it feels like we have just as many events now and probably actually better events now than we did when there was the saturation. Have you found that the number of promoters have have decreased up there? Because I feel like Indiana is still growing, you know, with number of promotions. Uh, but I feel like our our promoters they've kind of weeded themselves out. But the ones that are, have found a way to survive, they're consistent, and they and they're you know they're every month or every other month or three times a month, just depending on when it is. But it's like we have less promotions, but the same amount of events. It's kind of odd. Oh, yeah. I mean, I definitely see that. Um, I mean, I think three years ago, Scott had like three shows. Last year, we had seven shows, and this year, we're looking at like eight or nine shows. So, um, I mean, we just get more and more shows. I mean, just because, you know, there's a lot less promoters, and... Um, well, I mean, there's still, I think there's still a good amount of fighters out there that, you know, still want to fight in Ohio, but 
hopefully it stays like that and makes it easy for me. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let me throw this at you guys. You get, of course, we we're all familiar with with Matt Brown and uh, kind of his rise to where he's at today. You know the streak he's been on. He is an underdog Saturday night. David is. What do you make of this? That's I I I don't bet on MMA, and I, I say it's the dumbest sport to ever bet on. But that is the the biggest, probably the worst. I mean, if he's an underdog, I didn't even realize he was an underdog. That's probably yep. the What's worst. What's the spread? <laughs> yeah, I think uh, uh, the spread is one eighty for Matt Brown, two thirty for Eric Silva. Wow. Yeah, I I mean that's that's the horror. I mean, I don't see <laughs> any way in hell that Matt Brown loses this fight. And that's the funny thing is I'm a huge Eric Silva fan, but Eric Silva is like a poor man's Matt Brown. He's pretty much the same. The so same inconsistent. Guy. What's that? Eric Silva is so inconsistent. Yeah, yeah, that's and that's the thing is he he could eventually be a UFC champion one day. He has that kind of talent, but I think at this point, Matt Brown is just a smarter fighter. Matt Brown is so hot, and uh, Matt has the Matt has never really, to me, seemed to be like a I guess the term mixed martial artist. He's more of falls into it, the the quote unquote fighter category where he just likes to go out and and fight. And that is a, this is a perfect type of guy for him because uh, I don't think. He's, He's going to have to worry about Eric Silva trying to take him down. Um, he's just going to be able to go out there and, and you know, wing some punches. And I see Matt Brown probably knocking him out either late first or early second. Uh, and, but I, that that being said, I think it's going to be potential fight of the year candidate, even though I don't think it's going to last very long. Is this fight scheduled for five rounds or since it is the main event, which I, I think is dumb, but uh, is, is it, do you know if it is? Anybody know if it is? Yeah, it is. Crazy. I think it's the dumbest thing that the UFC has ever done. <laughs> but because uh, you can't call them championship rounds when you know you there's no championship. Like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and but they never say championship rounds when you know it's Matt Brown and Eric Silva going into the fourth and fifth round only when the you know only when they're doing it for a title. But I always liked it, you know, uh, that you know. You only fought five rounds if it was a pro title, um, but that's just me, I guess. Some people, you know, then you look at fights like, uh, you know, uh, Dan Henderson and, and Shogun Hua, and, uh, you know, you want those ones to go five rounds, but uh, sometimes there's a lot. More often than not, I think three rounds is, is more than enough in, in MMA. The card itself, and I know you kind of poo-pooed it a little bit, David, but, like, there's some fights that, uh, these, I want to be real, these are all undercard fights. You know, even the main card fights are undercard fights in a normal situation. Uh, Lorenz Larkin coming off a loss against Costa Phillip, who's coming off a loss. Eric Koch, uh, who looked pretty impressive at, at 155. Uh, then you've got Neil Magny versus Tim Means. That really doesn't do anything for me. Uh, I like Sol Pulele, but he's, Taking on who and pots from like Egypt, uh, you know Ed Herman. South Africa, right? Yeah, he was, he, he yeah. fought. Yeah, South Africa, right? He fought for the EFC, I think, was their champion. Yeah. 
I'm not one sure. One of the yeah. more one of the more interesting fights I'm actually looking forward to on that card is the uh, Manny Gamburian and, and Nick Lentz, which I think is on the uh, like the fight pass uh, portion of the card. So I think that actually is, is one of the more to, at least to me. Um, even though Manny really has never he was he was good in the WEC and obviously fought for the belt, but he's never really you know got got a a, a a winning streak together in the UFC, but he's always a, an exciting fighter. And then Nick Lentz, who is just kind of one of those, uh, you know, one of those really consistent guys, but just falls into the category of almost like a John Fitch of maybe just not exciting enough uh, to get a, a title shot. Kind of falls well, into the like the Yeah, exactly. Like there's. Two instances here. You've got Nick Lentz, who just fought Chad Mendez, who's now fighting for the title, and he's now Nick Lentz, who was main card pay per view, is on Fight Pass. You know, Rafael Natal fought Tim Kennedy in the main event, and now you know he's on the undercard taking on Ed Herman. Like, how yeah. how are we supposed to like get behind guys when they're buried in these events? Like, who who really is gonna Eddie like, yeah, who's gonna who's gonna get excited for the only like other than Matt Brown? I guess the most local would be Anthony Lapsley. His fight's gonna start like three o'clock on Saturday. Who's getting amped up to to sit on their computer or get on their phone and watch Anthony Lapsley fight some dude you never heard of? I am. You you're gonna be there though, or are you one of those guys? You're not gonna go until like the main card starts. I'm actually not gonna go until Matt Brown fights. <laughs> <laughs> He's gonna show. He's gonna show up after Matt Brown fights, actually. Yep. <laughs> what I meant, are you, guys. Uh, <laughs> uh, are you covering it as media, or are you just covering? It, are you just going there as a fan? As a drunk, probably. Uh, Aaron Garrett let me down, so I'm going as a fan. Yeah, um, we've hey, been now. been lied to. Now, Aaron, you're not even gonna go now, or you might not go. What's the deal here? Kyle Shilling, you didn't get my free tickets for me. See, this no. motherfucking Scott Sheely. We're hey, look, about him. you're being like a fighter now. Oh, I can't pay for blood work. Now you're like, oh, I can't pay for a ticket. God, man, up. Jesus. What did they, what'd you say, Juan? They're like, they're down to 50 bucks or something? Yeah, it's uh, $50, and then you have to pay your taxes and all that crap. Which equals out to like $172. (laughs) Ticketmaster fees, $93. The ticket's actually $8. Yeah. It's pretty much what you guys were saying. It's like, I just don't, nothing excites me to go see that fight except for the main card. Or the main event. Except for the fact when you can see it live, just the atmosphere that you get to experience. The the atmosphere of the last. The the atmosphere of the last Strike Force card that I went to in Cincinnati was absolutely horrible. There were 87 people there for like Josh <laughs> Barnett, Sergey Hartov, Daniel Cormier was on the card. I'm honestly surprised at the UFC because that was a zoo for promoted cards. Um, that's something that nobody's really talked about. I think they only had like 1,400 tickets sold to that event. Of course, you, you know that was Strike Force, but I mean if you look at those at the cards, that card by far, was much better than, than this card that they're putting on this weekend. Absolutely. Like in terms of, you know, guys and it had Dom Steele on it. 
Yeah, Dom Steele fought uh, Merzliak from uh, from George Grigel. I think he was the only local guy on the card. But uh, honestly, I mean, you had guys, yeah, I'm... you had guys like Joel Romero, and I think he was on the undercard. Fought uh, Feijao, um, and then you had the uh, uh, first Luke Rockhold and uh, uh, Souza fight uh, was like the third fight, you know, third fight down on the card, and it was a title fight. So um, you know, you had uh, Daniel Cormier. Um, uh, who did Daniel? He he knocked out uh, Riley, Josh Riley. No, 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 that was in uh, that was in Texas. That was in Houston. Cormier oh, yeah, that's what in the tournament. He knocked out Bigfoot Silva in that card. Yeah, that was kind of like the the arrival of of Cormier. But I mean, when you look at um, when you look at that card, and and they only sold fourteen hundred tickets for it, and I just I'm not really you know excited even for the atmosphere of a UFC show in Cincinnati. Um, I, I'm honestly shocked that they haven't gone to, uh, you know, either Cleveland, um, you know, or obviously Columbus again. Or even, why not uh, the Arnold Classic? Like, how somebody's missing the boat? Whether it's World Series of Fighting, UFC, whatever. That like you would think that's the weekend. Am I wrong? Because yeah, I was yeah, in the last Strike Force part there, <laughs> and it was yeah. like, I mean, the crowd wasn't super great. You know, it's not. It wasn't uh, the biggest, obviously there, but fuck, it was pretty, pretty fucking cool. Yeah, well, it was. It was always packed all three years. That they, I mean, UFC 68 that still holds the UFC's uh, US US attendance record, um, and then UFC 82, and and I mean, it was always a packed house in Columbus, and then of course it's all politics, and uh, you know the people that promote the Arnold don't want to be overshadowed by the UFC and. Uh, it's just an all, you know, it's all politics, and the UFC doesn't, you know, doesn't want to play second fiddle to anybody, and and uh, you know, but I'm I'm honestly surprised they haven't gone, you know, even for, um, you know, any other weekends, you, you know, when they held WEC events there, they were great. When they held Strikeforce events there, they were great, and you know, they had some of the best attendance outside of San Jose that Strikeforce has ever had. So. Um, yeah, I mean it's just all politics, but honestly, you know, like I said, I, Cleveland, I'm, I'm shocked now. Even with Jeff Guy and, and Steve on the on the roster, that they haven't done a show in uh, in, in Cleveland. So, yeah, have you seen have you seen uh, Dos Santos replacement for Stipe? Yeah, Molinado. What Amalinato, the fuck? Is, oh God! That reminds me of like Pride, like. Uh, when you know when a guy would get hurt and and the guy that was cornering you know showing up to someone would get hurt uh, you know on fight week and then whoever was you know there to corner him just decides to take the fight and you know go up four weight classes to to take the fight um, <laughs> or fight out of the crowd that's, what, that's the first thing I <laughs> that's the first thing I thought of but uh, yeah it, it's crazy and uh, I think it, but the, the crappy thing is it's actually a tough fight for Stipe because Maldonado is a tough dude to put away. He's like a he's like a better version of uh, of Joey Beltran and Stipe uh, obviously wiped the floor with Joey Beltran but you know it, he's a tough guy to look good against and uh, that's you know kind of what Stipe is, needs right now is, is to look good against uh, you know opponents so that he can earn that title shot. That's so crappy because he's scheduled to fight in Vegas Oh no! You're still gonna fight Junior, but it's gonna be in Brazil. And now, oh wait, Junior's out, so you gotta fight Maldonado in Brazil. 
Yeah, it's, it's a tough situation. I I actually heard that the uh, the Stipe, when when I first heard rumors, I had heard Junior Dos Santos and that it was going to be in Brazil in May. So when they said Vegas, I was actually kind of shocked originally, and then I don't know if they forgot where they were scheduling the fight for or what. But uh, yeah, I don't know. It's it's a crazy situation and a, a dangerous situation for Stipe. Does Luke Zachers get another shot at the UFC? I think he will, and I was I was talking to him, and uh, he didn't want to. And I, I the first thing I asked him was, "Are you going to uh, go to the Florida Commission and, and try to get that overturned because there was a clear nut shot? And, you know, he clearly got hit in the back of the head, and he said he didn't want to fight it. And uh, I told him he was stupid for not doing it. And then you know, he. Uh, he signed uh, a multi-fight contract, so typically guys get at least two fights in the UFC. So um, I fully expect him to get at least one more opportunity in the UFC. Yeah, definitely a tough, uh, tough situation coming in on late notice and, and then getting knee in the nuts and, and the referee and, and you know John McCarthy not seeing it, even though it was right in front of him. Uh, but uh, a tough situation for for Luke. I think I think he'll get another fight. Does anybody talk to Copeland? Do we know if Copeland's going to be refing Saturday night? I hope I not. If he is, I'm going. He's my favorite ref. He, uh, obviously we see him all the time, one of the best. He just doesn't do many shows in Ohio, and I think Bernie kind of looks down on him for that. Yeah, the first show I ever saw him doing was uh, the UFC show in uh, in Louisville a couple of years ago. At the Yum Center. Yum Yum. He's done one of ours. He's great. Like, I feel like you get that presence. You obviously get a referee, and you can have, like, Gary Copeland, who, as much as you're not supposed to, a lot of attention gets placed on him. I mean, I've been in events where he's signing autographs, you know? Or you get, like, Mark Matheny, who's, like, a joke. Like, his... (laughs) Like he may be a good ref, but he's he's just a joke to me. I, I don't I don't know. Matheny is is uh, he's an interesting character. He's actually opening up a bar, like a UFC themed bar in uh, in, <laughs> in Newark, right outside of Columbus. That that should be fun. Wow. Would you go to would, Gary? Would you go to a UFC themed bar? On no. you know. <laughs> a lot of tap you, out starts there. Paid? You get to sit on the, on little little like a red or a blue stool. I, I don't own enough tap out or affliction shirts to roll up in that joint. <laughs> I actually had a conversation with my uh, with my girlfriend, and I, we were talking. Uh, I told, she said uh, yeah, um, she saw an American fighter shirt, and she was like, "Oh, who?" And we actually saw it in Canada, which was funny, but. Uh, at all, I'd, I've never seen that one before. And I said, "Yeah, they used to be a big sponsor of uh, of Rich Franklin." And she said that it looked really douchey, like a uh, almost like an affliction shirt. And some of their new stuff is is pretty douchey. You gotta get intimidated. So. Oh God, I gotta stretch my back. Juan, are you still alive? What do you think about? Yeah, um, I'm not listening Juan to you guys. Uh, you guys are boring. What do you think about uh, Dana White ripping on on uh, Spawn after 
after his fight. I thought it was a masterful performance. So, you know, it wasn't the most exciting fight ever, but I don't think it was the most boring fight, you know, like Dana White was trying to say it was. Man, I don't put any stock in what Dana White says. Honestly, I, like, <laughs> I'm not one of those Dana White haters who hate just to be hating, but like, he talks so much, just talks so much. You know, yeah, I, I, I don't know. Well, I felt yeah, sleep during the fight. It was that boring. I, I, I agree wholeheartedly with Dana White on that one. I hope on uh, this week's show is uh, this, this fight is a lot better because if so, ratings are just going to go downhill because that was a boring fight. Yeah, he had to do what he had to do, though. I mean, he won the fight. I mean, I don't know. You can't go out there and knock somebody out every week. Yeah, you can. You really want to. <laughs> All I got to say is if I was on the show, one, A, I wouldn't say, I'm going to go in there and knock this dude out knowing damn well I'm just going to lay on for three rounds. Yeah, there's no heavyweight women's division for you, Juan. Sorry. Uh, secondly, I would be on there just making a fool of myself. And, like, you know, when they do the talks with the camera before their fight, I would I would go, like, in there, like, yeah, I'm going to go up in this cage. I'm going to get my, my ass handed to me. I'm going to get knocked out in, like, 30 seconds. Y'all, y'all going to love this fight. Yeah, just be fun. Be, be real with it, you know? Don't be so damn boring. Yeah, but, I mean, yeah, look at Julian Lane did that, and look where he's at. <laughs> he's fighting for IT Fight Series. Well, I mean, you do <laughs> going to have some skill once you get inside there. Come on. Oh. Are you saying he doesn't I'm not have saying nothing more. Well, I mean, obviously just not compared to the guys he fought. Now, did he? I'm not saying he doesn't have skill, but the guys he fought had better skill. The funny funny thing is I always thought Julian was a, a super talented guy with actually, I mean he has I think six he's six and three I think now and has like four wins by submission. Um it's actually a, has a pretty sneaky good ground game, but just, you know, kind of that, that old, you know, fall in love with, you know, knock somebody out and then uh um you know, fall in love with striking. I actually saw him uh uh knee a guy in the face in training and uh, bust the guy <laughs> at, a, at Buckeye MMA when he was actually training for uh, his Bellator fight against... Um, who did he fight in Bellator? Was it... I uh, can't even remember now. Oh, Joe Highland. Yeah, when he was training for that fight. Um, but, yeah. It, and then, then Julian comes out and uh, fights for Pinnacle. He fought for Pinnacle last year, and... Uh, uh, the, the night before Thanksgiving and, and uh, out-wrestled Joey Holt and actually looked pretty, his wrestling and, and uh, control looked, looked actually really good in that fight. What happened to poor Joe Holland after Augusta Tindall broke his jaw? I don't know. <laughs> Seeing how hard Augusta hit him, his jaw's probably still broken. I think he probably is getting some after aftershock. That was a, that was a nasty a nasty fight, and I still don't know. I mean, I think Joe Highland won the fight, but I don't know how he won the fight. It's hard, <laughs> <man>. <laughs> I don't Wait, wait, wait. Wait, time out. Augusta, uh, Augusta won that fight, didn't he? No. No, no, Joe won uh, via split decision. Yeah. Okay. I was thinking, that's the one. Yeah. 
Yeah, Joe. I, I thought Joe won the first two rounds, and then Augusta, or I'm sorry, the first and third round, and then uh, Augusta just was dominant the second round. And that's when he that's when he broke his jaw with a, I think it was a right hand. But man, you could I could hear I was sitting cage side, and you could hear Joe Allen's jaw break with how hard Augusta hit him, and he just walked through it. That's cray cray. Joe's a tough guy. Tough guy. Don't mess with those uh, special education teachers because that's—he actually got uh, Brian Rogers a job doing special education. That's how. Uh, that's how uh, Brian got into that. So, what's your boy uh, Brian Rogers up to these days? Fights Friday. He's fighting Friday. That is right. Bellator. That, that, that's yeah. right. You had no fucking clue on. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I got to put a dollar in the first jar. You cut you. <laughs> What? What are we talking about here? He's been actually Brian's been out in uh, in Colorado training for um, at least through through this year. He's training with uh, Kamozi and Joe Warren. Yeah, I saw his picture with the belt with Joe Warren's belt. (laughs) I didn't see that. It's on uh, his Instagram account. I think he was with the. First fighters I ever followed on Instagram. Joe Warren? No, uh, Brian Rogers. Brian? Oh. I was going to say. Hey, I got oh, David McKinney. Finally. Yeah, I, you know what? I actually, I, I never used my Instagram. I, I didn't even know I had an Instagram, but I apparently I made one a couple of years ago. Then I went back on it just recently, and I found out I had like 150 followers. Like, damn, that's that's not bad actually. <laughs> and all of them were fake accounts that Juan had made. <laughs> hey, I thought you were special. He's trying to catfish you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's for real. Uh, that's the realest thing Aaron Garrett said in two weeks. <laughs> Oh, no, let me keep here. What's up with oh, the, uh, the show of the 14th? Did you guys you guys got Chico a fight yet? Yep, we just signed it against... Uh, oh, my God, my head just went blank. Let me look it up real quick. Uh, While you look it up, I, we actually... Uh, tomorrow on the Coyote Yigley Show, we'll have Mike King, another top 19 fighter on our show. Um, Chico, I'm going to hear on that show. I'm sure, uh, Aaron, you probably trained with Mike, right, back in the old school Buckeye days? Yep, I did for a while. Yeah, he was a good guy. Real real tough, too. I had to get uh, Gary Hell when he first uh, announced all the Ohio ones that he didn't put him on there. Yeah, he's born, born and bred. His address said Florida. Bitches. He is what, Florida. So who's, he's on Hollywood. Who's, uh, who's, he, who's Chico fighting, Aaron? J.B. Kraft. Oh, J.B., that son of a bitch. I don't know who that is. I don't know. He's uh, from Indiana. <laughs> <laughs> He's from Indiana. He's uh, 2-0 pro. Okay. We're at Man, I'll tell you what. Chico, the last the last fight for uh, for uh, EFP, looks... I mean, every time I see Chico, even though he only fights once every four years, he is he has... Probably more talent, I think, than than 
95% of the fighters I've seen on a local level, and he should be, he could probably be, you know, close to being in the UFC at this point. That's how good I think he is. It's just He's just now making his pro debut. <laughs> but right. At the talent he has. And now being at, at Rowan with a you know, guy like Vitor and you know, guys like Luke and, and all the guys they have over there, um, he's just looks even better than ever. You know what? I'm glad you brought that up, uh, David. You know what really grinds my gears? (laughs) (laughs) What grinds your gears, Juan? It has nothing to do with what you just said, but... (laughs) (laughs) I I hate when promotions have some BS name presents the fight. So, like, for example... Pinnacle Fighting Championships presents Pittsburgh Challenge Series. Or NAAFS oh, yeah. presents Combat Caged 37. Just stick with one name. It makes everything easier for the fans to follow. They don't get confused. And if you're trying to create that brand awareness, it's just so much easier. You don't see Zufa presents UFC 79. You see just UFC 79. That's what really grinds my gears. They used to do it. They used to do it. They used to, but then they got smart. It was like, hey, this is dumb. Nobody needs to know what Hey, we're going to do it. You can't yell at us. We're going to do it. So, No, actually, I thought it was going to be Bluegrass MMA Presents IT Fight Series 26. We don't like you that much. <laughs> uh, hold on. I'm, I'm calling Scott right now. We're, we're going to talk. We're going to hash out these ticket ordeal. I'm going to get Dana. He's in Mexico right right now. now. He's in Mexico right now, so you can't call him. I'm gonna fuck. So, <laughs> is he, he going to be there Saturday night? Yeah, he flies from Mexico to Cincinnati. I'll be there with the sign that says Sheely at the airport. <laughs> Sheely, I want to have your baby. Uh, Sheely, what about them twenty tickets we're going to give away on Bluegrass MMA? <laughs> Oh, We're just about out of time. This three hours has flown by. Oh, wait. I got, I got to ask you, give me a question real quick. So I forgot to ask him earlier. So I heard a rumor about UBC having another show, August 2nd. Yeah, I heard that rumor, too. <laughs> I have no idea, quite honestly. That, that was a show. That's the, uh, uh, honestly, that show has been in the works. Um, that was, you know, a show that they were scheduled um, during the state fair that's, you know, kind of been uh, planned for, for a little while now. And um, at least I've been, you know, uh, kind of in, in a little bit of conversation with with uh, Rick Piles, the promoter, that he said he wants to do one more show uh, and, and kind of go out with a bang. And, and uh, But I, I haven't heard much other than that. I've heard a little bit from, uh, from Tyler Wooten, who's a matchmaker, um, but yeah, as far as one I one last that, show at the fair, yeah. going out yeah. with some funnel yeah. cakes and elephant ears. Funnel cake. Yeah, I love oh. I love me a good fair show. Hell yeah! MMA tractor pulls. <laughs> yeah, I, I love doing uh, fights at the fair. It's easy. I think I'm going to have a fair in my backyard. 
right. I get yeah. to write down the plastic slide. Yay! Hey, that's right. You came to our fair show, Juan. I did. I did. It was fun. And you wrote down the plastic slide there? No, I didn't. Uh, Rick Toms would not go with me over to the fair. I didn't want to go alone. So I did not get to go to the fair. Is Rick Toms going to do your Columbus show, yes or no? No. Gosh, damn it. We're cutting all ties. Yes, is unacceptable. Who's going to do it? Who's going to be your, your ring announcer? I can't tell you that. It's a secret. Oh, well, it's just, yeah, everybody's dying to know. We're probably the only people who are going to ask. <laughs> Sean McClure. Oh, Lord, Sean McClure's going to do it. Uh, I can't remember his name. That's why I can't tell you. <laughs> Listen, let's, let's, let's just hire me. Oh, God. We don't want to cancel the show now. No. I'm just saying. I'm pretty good. We do got uh, Sloper as uh, the host. He's not doing ring announcing, but he's he's hosting the show. What now? What's a host? Who needs what's a host? Who needs a host? It'd be like it'd be like um, talking in between rounds. Yeah, talking in between rounds, doing the fight interviews. Uh, I'm he's not fun. Sloper Sloper is entertaining. Yeah, he, he's very entertaining. He loves MMA too. Good dude. Uh, actually, I'm, I'm hoping to try to be uh, at your show, Aaron. But I might be in Buffalo that weekend for intimidation. We'll see. Gary, Gary's going to have a wedding now. And June 14th, I'll be at Hard Rock MMA Expo Five, Louisville. We don't want your time here anyway. Listen, I I give a fuck. I, if it was up to me. I wouldn't even talk about Ohio MMA, but my partner insists on it. You made that very apparent. All you could talk about is Kentucky MMA. That's all that matters. <laughs> really? Yeah. Mm, I beg to differ. Hey, Kentucky's actually had more UFC events in the past few years than what Ohio has. So. Uh-huh. I'm going to go to Kentucky there. I remember the, uh, the Louisville show I went to a couple of years ago. Actually, one. I mean, they had. Were you at that show, Gary? Yeah. Because uh, there was a nice crowd there too. I'm surprised the UFC hasn't gone back. Well, here's and the deal. Bellator. So. Bellator, Bellator had a bad taste in their mouth when they left Louisville, uh, and that's for that, that. We could talk about that for a whole show, but I can remember Todd Neal having literally hundreds. Of free tickets to give away to the UFC show, hundreds. Well, timeout. I have a question, and I don't know because I don't really follow Bellator. When was the last show they had outside of a casino? Uh, I don't know. They're, the show I'm going to next week's not in a casino. Right, that's their pay per view though. Because it seems it like and I those that they've done in Ohio warning casinos. So. Right, but that last time they were here was forever ago. Iowa. Two weeks ago in Iowa. Two weeks ago in Iowa? Yeah. Is it like the Pine Bluff Center or something? It, it, I could be wrong, but it seems like when Bellator does their shows, they do them on the Indian casinos, so there aren't as many regulations, and I'm sure it doesn't cost nearly as much. They're paid. They're paid shows. They pay them to come there. Okay, yeah. See, I mean... 
I don't know, but it, it would you would see it would seem like Bellator would travel more to different cities to really get out there more. But they hit the same old cities every season. Yeah, it's a, and it's a, Bellator is is not an MMA show. It's more it's a TV show. Is, yeah. That's what I've I've discovered. So. We've got one minute left. Uh, Aaron, where can we follow you at on Twitter? Nothing, but but. <laughs> Wait, that's not right. No, nothing but AG. 